Alrighty, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday show. My name is Wow David is zoomed in. <laughs> That's a heck of a name. Nice to meet you, Wow David is zoomed in. I'm yeah. Tupperware. Alright. And I'm zoomed all the way out. My name is Ultra David. Uh, we're going to be talking about stuff that some of which just happened like an hour and a half ago. We're going to be talking, as you can see, about the SF5 summer update and included with that. Oro, Akira, Luke, Guile looks like something in Fortnite, and we'll talk all about that stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. We're gonna, oh, we're gonna have boy. A guest, Ryan Hunter, on, who's a real good dude, and we'll be talking about his background and Guilty Gear and Strive and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, lots of things to get into when it, when it comes to that front. Uh, we're going to be talking about whether Strive is dead. RIP Strive, maybe. I will get to that. Rip. Lots, lots of other stuff to talk about when it comes to 5-5 matchup. We got some interesting topics. Then there's some other game news to get to. There's some tournament stuff to get to. Upcoming is Evo. We'll talk about that. But let's begin by talking about this SF5 summer update that just happened a couple of hours ago. We're going to talk about each individual character, but just as an overarching feedback, what do you guys have to say? Uh, I mean, Oro looks cool. <laughs> Oro looks really cool. I'm Oro really excited Oro. so far. I, I Again, I, I'm just like really happy with the kind of transparency that we're getting from the from the guys and everything. And I think we're getting a lot of really neat information from them. And that makes me super happy. Uh, look, obviously, it sounds like Tubo has no affinity for uh, Akira right now. I think she looks awesome. So I'm really excited for I have character. thoughts on all of it. I have many thoughts. We're going to get to that. I mean, my before we do, my preliminary thing is just like, I'm happy that they're doing these events again. I mean, that's really what I wanted to get across. I really, really like that they are so open about it, that the communication is so good. I love that they hired like FGC dudes to actually host it. That's <laughs> awesome. It's just It's just a really good, like, interfacing with the public and i think that's really great so i was happy about Good that time to be a fighting game fan honestly in general like honestly, all these companies are doing great for sure dude I, there's so much positivity that that uh so many developers have and i'm, I'm really happy about that um the like, little dip into the you know what it's like to be a foley artist in sfi was cute yeah, that, was that was cool, cool. i really like that kind of background stuff talking about the audio of it was interesting i thought and yeah, I mean, I, I just, I really liked it. I liked it overall. So, good job, well, positive feedback, nice marketing, etc. <laughs> I really enjoyed the fact that there wasn't some, like, random musical artist tie-in, and they just focused on Capcom making the music for the game. Like, I thought that was kind of special, because yeah. this is one of the last times they're going to do this for Street Fighter Five, presumably, right? I mean... They have one more, maybe two more updates, and then they're going to be moving on to six is what I would imagine. So it's yeah. kind of cool that they gave the the sound artists basically a little bit of shine. That was really cool. I can see that. Yeah, you might actually be right about that, that it's not going to it's not going to be too many more of these left. So it was it was great. I really like that stuff. Um, the I, I like that they get right to the point. You know, that it's not like a bunch of Hammond and Han. They they have Jeremy and Vish, uh, Jeremy and Tasty Steve up there to to talk, so it's not like it's as direct maybe as it was in the past. Jeremy but when the, and when, it, 
But when it comes to them having like the info, when it's like, all right, well, let's go to the info. Let's go to the video. It's like right away. Like, hey, hey, we're right, going to talk yeah, about yeah. it here. I'm like, here's what it is. Good. It's just it's just a really, really well done format. I've heard that this is kind of the stuff that they've been doing with their Monster Hunter stuff, Capcom with their Monster Hunter stuff for a while. I'm not really in the know when it comes to that kind of thing, but I've, that's what I've heard. If so, hats off. I'm really glad that they've adopted that stuff because it's working out really well, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a Monster Hunter player, but I have seen those like little graphics that they do for like their path of development and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I would assume that's true that that they do indeed do that for other titles. So that's thank goodness it's getting brought over to their one and only fighting game franchise that's out and then they're supporting right now. I mean that's that's great. <laughs> definitely definitely things have been going well on the PR side and not just the PR side but the game dev side. I think uh, in Capcom. Oops, I forgot to start the timer on this one, dude. Okay. Yeah, well, you were busy doing other stuff. (sighs) Trust me, I noticed. It's all good. (laughs) So, all right, let's talk about the characters. What we're going to do is look through the actual stream and just, like, talk about it a little bit. We're going to have it on our stream here, so we're going to have a little bit of streamception. If James wants to get into there. Yeah, let me do. So we'll look at Oro. We'll look at Akira. We'll look at Luke. We'll look at... Tupperware's face as he is just exploding in joy, especially when it comes to the last two. Look, man, I'll, I'll say what I have to say, all right? You will. I'm you sure you will. See. You wait I'm to sure see. I'm sure you will. All right. Okay, so do you want to just go ahead and jump into it then? Please. All right, so we have this video here. Got ourselves on the bottom of the screen. Ooh, that's loud. Okay, let me turn that down. And we've got I half- mean, you can just... Just mute it, like it's not relevant. Yeah, that's true. And I've got half a timer over here too. Now, do you want me just to jump straight to the match video, or how do you want me to do this? Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, let's get right on through. All right. So this is. I I just want to say our blurry backgrounds on the bottom of the screen are tripping me out. It looks like we're all in a panoramic room. (laughs) It's really trippy. (laughs) I mean, it looks cool. Oh man. I'm glad I'm in between and a little bit less blurry. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. that, I mean, of, maybe, maybe that's what makes it more trippy. But yeah, anyway, speaking of trippy, this Oro thing. guy. This Oro guy. Look at him. He now, looks so gross and old. It looks fantastic. You want me I to play it. it back at a slower speed? Nah, just play it at regular speed, at least at the start here. We'll, okay. we'll talk a little bit about no problem. No problem. How, how we feel about the character. Um, he. So, I mean, I, I, I'm really happy with how he looks. I think he looks so ugly and gross and desiccated and ancient and his skin's falling off. And like, that's exactly what I want for the character. I think he Isn't looks really good. This is before Third Strike, though. He's, he's younger in this than. Dude, what is he, five years younger? He's like 150. It's not, uh, yeah, he's like true. some wild high number. It doesn't matter. He's going to be old and gross. So I like it. I think he looks great. Uh, I, and I think he looks a lot like his Third Strike. Uh, version as to say like in terms of some of his options i'm sure it's not going to end up that he's going to play the same right? right nobody does but but does i do see a lot turnaround of turnaround punch in third strike i don't feel like I yeah he did he, the, the only difference yeah. is that when he did it he didn't return back to where he started which is what he does in this game actually so he'll actually yeah. swing out and then come back in whereas in street fighter 3 he would just swing out and stay where he ended basically was that used for like carrot throws and such then in, in third strike that wasn't really a big deal for him. He didn't get too much out of it, but it was it was just like a nice forward moving poke. Yeah, it was well, a good sucks poke. Sucks to suck, <laughs> Well, he wasn't one of the bad ones, but he was he was about mid. Yeah, he's he's say. like clearly if, if you're mid. You're not top tier in third strike. 
No, high tier is legit too, but he was on the cusp of like what was viable or not. He was like Ryu Elena tier basically, right? Yeah. So, yeah, not that much damage on this. I mean, look at this big old right. combo that he gets over here. Yeah. So here you go, activate. Oh, well, he starts with V trigger though, right? He activates. Yeah, so V trigger cancel yeah. makes it be less. So yeah. that's definitely going to scale a lot. And what's nice about that, though, is if you notice, he still has some V-Trigger meter left over, so clearly he can do more like that. So, so he gets two commit. He gets two possible throws. I mean, it, it, that's it's basically just Balrog's V-Trigger too. Then, right? He can combo into the throw, and he can use it as just a straight up command grab. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. Yeah, he can also that's, combo. That's what it looks like to me. But he can combo it in the air as well. Uh, although yeah. his V skill definitely looks like Balrog, because he's got the non-option, the overhead, and the regular hitty version. So, dude, can you can you show that command grab again? It almost looks like a third strike Kara throw to me on its startup. The yeah, playback slow. Oh yeah, can you put it on like fifty percent or something? Okay. Well, not maybe not quite yet. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever, let it okay. rock. All right, it's right fine. here. Hope you get a nice look at these animations. Yeah, and they do look nice. All right, all right. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Right? <laughs> it, it does, does right? Oh, it slides forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, he, it doesn't actually slide forward. Uh, what's happening is that the other Oro slides back, so it looks like a Kara throw. See? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, actually. it's actually I shoving it. The startup of the animation, really. Yeah. yeah, so it made it look like that's what was happening. But not... His normals look good. I mean, in, I mean, in not... Third Strike, he had some good footsies, but his problem was that he only had mid footsies, and so you could just forward parry him all the time. And not... this one, it looks like... I think this is down medium kick, and yeah, it looks like it's yeah. pretty good. I'm pretty sure that's down... I mean, it looks okay. It might not have the hitbox all the way on the toes, you know... Now, interesting enough, it looks like he does get Oki off of EX Chicken. See? Right. Okay. Okay. And that kick just doesn't even knock down. This one gives him the ground bounce. He goes into V-Skill Kick, which gives him the ability to juggle into the Flash Kick. Doesn't look like Flash Kick gives him any sort of real Oki, because if you look... Right. Yeah, by the time he dashes forward, it'll probably be minus one or something like that, I would imagine. And we've never saw him jump neutral jump or jump backwards into double jump. Yeah, we right. sure didn't. That probably means he can't. Yeah, right. I think you guys are probably right. I would imagine. Probably forward so. jump only. That seems to be the Street Fighter Five way. Right. Except for Seth, for some reason. Oh, look at that. Towards medium punch is cancelable. Yeah, I think it's just medium punch. Oh, that could be. Well, no, because he still has the launch, right? Oh, he died. That maybe that's yeah. back medium punch. Yeah, it could be, could be. But there, he definitely comboed it into the throw, and you saw right there after the throw, not even in the range. It looks like for a heavy kick. Look at that. Huh? Yeah. yeah okay. He doesn't have long buttons. You know. Mm -hmm. like oh, maybe, there was that target. So, so this this one right here, this is a good timing because V skill kick looks to me like it might be his farthest mid-range like right. option like his button yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. a button right but like you know what i mean it look he'll he'll do it here and you can you can see so what James is this what is this what is this oh, okay. universal overhead hop 
this must be like towards medium kick or towards something. Yeah, right? it's, it's probably yeah, it's probably just a command normal. Uh, right. But then he gets punished here with neutral jump heavy kick. And then he does medium kick, medium punch, which is a standard target combo for a lot of characters to combo into V-Skill right there. So you can do that into charging up the Yagyodama, or you can use that into comboing into the V-Skill kick overheady thing. Oof. Yep, and third strike that hop was medium punch, medium kick. It's called the leap attack or universal mm. overhead. He probably could have got a combo off that trade too. Mm. That was not a combo. That was not a combo. Oh, it was not? No, it was, watch. Uh, uh, see, that's a counter hit oh, right oh, there. That, that, yeah, I thought you meant yeah. medium kick into the Oh, no, 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 okay, okay. So forward jump, back jump, yep, that's still definitely there. But yeah, you see how it's towards medium punch, he recoils back like that. At Stan Fierce, yeah, okay, here's, so it's cancelable, and it's also, you can link out of it into, I think we saw Crouching Fierce. Yeah. And it's an overhead, well, I don't know if it's an overhead, presumably it still is, it wasn't in, in Third Strike. It looks, it looks kind of like charged roundhouse to me for Urian. Mm, that was not a combo as well. So okay. he, he just did... Blah into overhead, and he just didn't oh, block. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah, see yeah, counter yeah. hit right, right there. Right. Oh, universal overhead used to be down, down, and uh, and a button. Uh, they changed that uh, in third strike to make it just the uh, medium buttons. So sick combo. Yeah. So sick. this was he was able to get because of the rock juggle right there into the flash kick into the rock juggle into the super. Yeah, that's kind of sick. And then he does the level... Except he doesn't sit on you anymore this time, right? I mean, he didn't actually drop you on his head before, did he? I don't remember what EX Yagudama looked like, dude. I've probably seen it five <laughs> times in my life. <laughs> but then he comes up and does the Yagyo, the EX Yagyodama here, so... Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, as far as... As far as the V skills go, to me the interesting one is V skill. I think one, which is the Yagudama, yeah, yeah, the fireball, the blogger, or whatever. That one looks cool, but it also seems like it's going to be situational to actually get it out. In that match, like he's he doesn't have these rangy options. You know, it's not like he's playing like far footsies. He's just he's like scheming for it. It looks like he's got some situations that it can guarantee it on knockdown. But as far as like you're just like in neutral and you're like Yagyodama, I don't think that's really gonna happen very much unless right. it's like yeah, you're versus like Zangief and you backdash or whatever, something right. stupid like that. But and, in general, or or, or he has that target combo into it, right? Because we definitely saw that. Yeah, some guaranteed that. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, okay. we also don't know how good his fireball is. There could be situations where he's full screen mm -hmm. fireball battling with Ryu or Guile or whatever, and V Skill One becomes handy, then he can win those fights. Yeah, I could see that. And and what Maybe. I'm what I'm interested in, as far as playstyle with this character, is yeah, I want to test that out. I want to see if I can play a zoning Oro. I think that could be kind of fun with Yagyodama and then with uh, Tengu Stone to pressure or get combos and stuff like that. I, I, he seems like the kind of weirdo that I like. He has, I guess, command grab option if you want to have the trigger, but I think I'd probably want to have Tengu Stones. I don't know. We'll see. To me, though, I'm I'm interested. I think he's. He's the kind of like weird character that I really like, and that's part of why I thought he was really cool in Third Strike. And in this game, he looks weird and gross and old, fantastic. <laughs> and he, and he also 
looks like a, he's got a lot of the character, like the play style from Third Strike and maybe even other stuff. Again, like, can I zone with him? I'm very curious. Uh, so it seems like a nice fit for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I can't believe they actually made it so that I might be interested in Oro. Because, like yeah. I said, I've just never cared about him in previous uh, in previous games, and so he actually looks really sick here, and I'm I'm actually excited about that. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, with with Yagudama, like maybe you're gonna go in for cross up setups, cross up mix ups. We saw that there were some shown off in the in the trailer. Uh, that could be cool. Maybe you guarantee pressure for yourself, or maybe you just like maybe just the real practical stuff is. You just pick V skill two, and you just have like an extra rangey button, and you use that to play footsies and get knockdowns and stuff. Right. Maybe you do that. I don't know, but, but I'm I'm very interested in it for sure. Okay. He's got that turtle, that little <laughs> boy turtle. The turtle I is. I think really that's cool. a really cool touch. Yeah, it's so really cool. cool. I mean, the, so cool. it's like I said, the fact that they were in a three D game, like with Gil, they made it so that he has to face a certain direction no matter what, just to keep the ice side forward or whatever. And for Oro, they were going to have to come up with something on how to make sure he fights one-handed. And the turtle the turtle idea was genius. It was, it's just yeah. pure yeah, genius. Yeah, I mean, they could have just did what they did with Third Strike, you know, just have him tuck his arm away. Right. So, But, and like I said, second arm. Well, when but, he switches yeah, side... What do you do, right? I mean, he would have he had to the other arm in. I mean, yeah, he'd have right. To it could have just been a fast animation that you just yeah, changed. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it could be like Vegas Claws, which just hands all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just part of what we accept. Right. <laughs> you kind of have to. It's a limitation, but yep. yeah. All right. You want to move I'm on to Akira it. here? Sure. Okay, so this is Akira. And again, versus Akira. Yeah. Like I said, my initial reactions to her are I don't feel like her play style is going to be particularly crazy. Like, I don't think she's going to have a lot of experimenting. She looks very straightforward. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was cool that Capcom took note from Potemkin and Strive, and then they gave her Garuda Impact. <laughs> God, you would, you could only wish that that was, if that was Garuda Impact, then she would be busted in this game, dude. Holy Imagine God. having a plus 30 option in Street Fighter V. Oh, I know. I mean, well, when she does a meaty coming up, it, it looks pretty plus. You know? it, it does look pretty plus. It's definitely yeah. not plus 30, but it's probably like yeah. plus 8 or something. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah. I just want to take a look at this V-Trigger activation here. So it's a two-bar V-Trigger. So both of her V-Triggers are two-bar here, just as a note. Okay, yeah. Uh, but she gets the hit right here. Let's see, and then she goes into the activation right here. So activation, how does this work? It's still there. It's still full. And it hasn't drained at all. So, okay, tech on that. Do you think that's, that's just like a canned V-trigger activation? Maybe that sure. could... Oh, that look could at that. All of a sudden, half of it's there. gone. She used it there, yeah. Yeah, so now a lot of it's gone. So she actually got like three uses of it. Yeah, maybe David's right. Maybe it's like a canned V-Trigger activation animation that I... Right. But I mean, for sure in the display that they were showing earlier, it seemed like uh, uh, it seemed like it didn't... You could hold it and make it not do something because remember they were saying that earlier, right? 
Yeah, there's a cancel to so it. Cool. So she's got some invulnerable stuff. Right here, she gets oh, this launch boy, into the air combo. Time. Look at that. That's so sick. <laughs> that is definitely the coolest thing about her, I think, is the air mm. combo stuff. Yeah, I definitely see some people saying that they think her animations look a little stiff, but like I think I 100% agree with them yeah and again I think it's more just that they're trying to stay true to her rival schools character because I mean that's kind of how rival schools looked right like she looks really stiff when she's attacking and then all of a sudden her flourishes are amazing so it's just like I, I, I think it's an I think it's an intention that's disgusting yeah I'm, t I'm telling you there's gonna be good tech with that right there oh my god that little instant air dive laser Right. Whatever. I mean, that's the that's like the best. I how negative is that on block? That had better be punishable on block. Because if it's not, there's gonna be problems. <laughs> but like I said, this is kind of how she looked in rival schools, and they did the same thing with Cody. Right? They really tried hard to reproduce a lot of the stiff animations from Cody. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you shouldn't bring that into 2021. Well, I, I mean, I can understand the artistic view on that, but it just doesn't translate well to me. And not all of Akira's attacks look bad. Yeah, I wouldn't even say they look bad. Stiff is a good way to put it. But I think yeah. in particular, maybe like Stan Light Kick is very Sakura looking. Uh, her crouch medium kick is stiff and her crouch medium punch. I mean, I don't think, like, they, they just have bad keyframes. None like, of the, these the, look the as impact, bad as Sakura. <laughs> I think her stand light kick is pretty, Oof. pretty, like, this stuff is dope. And, like, all of her V-Trigger stuff looks dope. So it's, like, a weird mix of yeah, some but stuff looks great and other stuff is, ugh. Again, though, that's what makes me believe, uh, like, it's intentional, right? Because a lot of stuff looks amazing, and then all of a sudden, like, it's just her normals that look a little stiff. And like I said, I feel like that's just a design choice, like what they did with Cody, right? A lot of people complained about the way Cody looked when he came out as well. Same kind of thing, right? Like, his V-Skill just looks like he kind of goes back and forth, and they kind of did that on purpose, so... For me, it's her arm motions. Her arm motions look like her arms are like on pegs and they just like don't, they don't really move. Well, that's uh, also part of Bajikon style. Like that's literally how yeah. that martial I mean, art looks. I, I remember I remember you talking about that during the stream and you uh -huh. were like, Yun, Yun does that and Yun doesn't look like that. <laughs> Yun, looks yeah, really Yun, good. Yun looks fantastic uh, in, in so, both four and third strike. Yeah, so it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that she's like a particularly well animated character but i also don't think it's like bad like for me it's you know i i wouldn't have thought to remark on it really unless you guys were talking about it so i okay well i'll talk about it but it's just like not a big deal to me either way i wouldn't say it's like great or not great yeah i mean especially at this point in the game's development it's kind of whatever i'm not too I mean, i'm not I too concerned about it I don't think she, like I said, I thought she looked fine. I didn't notice anything strange about her animations. It was like, eh, Capcom, eh, you're still gonna hire me, right? Until, <laughs> until, until people were starting talking about it. I was actually surprised. I thought she looked sick. But again, like I said, cool. I'm coming from the point of view that she just looks like her rival school self, right? right. And that's what kind of gets me excited about that. She just looks that way, so.
I think well, I think cool. she looks really strong. I mean, to me, that's what really comes out from this. I think she just looks like a really good Street Fighter Five character. She just has, she's got like, what? What do you need that's good in in SF Five? You need like plus good, frames. good normals plus frames. The ability to get Oki and Snowball. The ability to do significant damage. Uh, the ability to walk around quickly. Like she's got, she's got an invincible move. She has a third, a three frame normal. 100%. I'm not even going to look into whether the frame data is true. I believe <laughs> she will have a three-frame normal, absolutely. Aura will not. I can just tell you that's going to be the case. Hmm. Uh, so I think that she has, uh, it seems to me, like basically all the stuff that you need to be really good in the game. We'll see if that actually plays I mean, out that way, because, like, you know, they might still be changing stuff. Like, who knows? I mean, like, I like I said, it feels like she might actually play the way that I originally thought Lucia was going to play. That she's supposed to be this neutral, heavy, rushdown kind of character. Uh, Lucia turned out not to be that character at all. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's how she's actually designed to be played, to be kind of rushed down. They did say she was a straightforward character. She looks pretty simple. I saw some people in the Capcom chat say, or like on the chats, things that were coming up that on the, you know, like the, 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 the lines that they were putting from the chat into the stream that they were yeah. saying that she looks like she might have a high ceiling. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think she's gonna, she seems to be pretty much like, once you're gonna be able to figure out what she wants to do. And like you said, the the Oki and all that stuff like that seems pretty, uh, probably is gonna be pretty self-explanatory, but I just wanna land some air combos with her and, and, and go nuts with that. So I'm not even sure that's gonna be the better V skill, right? Right. <laughs> All right, so they showed off Oro and then Akira, and then they were like, oh, that's going to be it. And then Vicious was like, you guys think that was it? Oh, yeah, okay, well, check this out. And uh, Is that what a, he was like? Yes, I think that was actually a verbatim quote. And yeah. then they showed off this masterpiece. Oh, oh, oh. And it's crazy, too, because it has been confirmed. Like, some people were saying maybe Rook from Capcom Fighting All-Stars. There's the stars, all this stuff over here. Confirmed not the same character. It is Luke. A fighter from US who is blonde. And extremely... What a surprise. Yep. Dude, I didn't even think about it at first. But then when I saw people talking about the fact that he's another blonde another white guy. Another blonde hair white guy. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> and not just guy, but like blonde white. Blonde and white is like half the cast. Yeah, seriously. It really is. I mean, a lot of people it's, were even uh, saying that he looks like Logan Paul as well, which is absolutely does. Absolutely more unfortunate. I mean, maybe that's what they were going for. Probably get YouTube kids involved. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Some of his okay, all right. So the design is not for me. All right, I'm not into the design. To me, it looks like an attempt to make a new protagonist for Street Fighter Six because they do say that he's going to be figuring into like the future of Street Fighter. However, the phrasing was like heavily yeah, can, can we actually look at that real quick because i would like to see what the phrasing is as well okay so sure says, even though we're in the final season of street fighter 5 and this is the final character we strong we feel strongly that luke will be a great addition to the game and that he has a bright future in the world of street fighter 
Yeah, he old. almost for sure is going to be yeah. a Street Fighter Six character. Because he said something. Uh, he said something that sounded like that, but maybe I just remember wrong. Five characters talking about Russell. expanding the Street Fighter universe. Yeah, right? yeah. I yeah. They said something about that. Yeah, the final is a new character. Oh, this is what it is. There it is. The name of this new character is Luke, and he will be expanding the world of Street Fighter. Yeah, and then on Twitter, the the at Street Fighter account said, "Meet Luke, the brand new final character for SF5, and a key player in the future of Street Fighter." There you go. He so, absolutely has to be so a launch character of a Street Fighter. Series. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, it's, so to me, he looks like a protagonist, which is not is not praise for me. <laughs> not praise for me. Uh, I mean, I think that the protagonists in fighting games are almost always like among the least interestingly designed characters in their games. Uh, I don't know that there's an exception to that. that Maybe the closest that I can think of is Ragnar, who I think is actually kind of cool. He but just looks in like almost yeah, every case, it's just like boring folks. So this dude looks to me like it's that design. It's pretty boring and simple, but when the game, when Street Fighter Six comes out, people are going to be like, oh, the main character and play him just like they do with whatever the main character is in other games. Yeah, but that sounds like a mistake, right? I mean, when Street Fighter Three tried to do that, it didn't really work out very well. However, That's I mean, true. there's a very KOF-y vibe about this character, you know, and uh, I KOF has done that. They keep switching the pro tag between the games and such, so, you know, maybe it's kind of, they're trying to go for that kind of vibe or something. Does but Scorpion I mean, count? I mean, launch, MK1, I don't think anybody looks cool, but in MK11, Scorpion looks cool. Yeah, but he wasn't the main pro-tag, right? So you can't really count him as the pro-tag. That's Liu Kang, right? No yeah, matter what. And he looks whatever. They all look fine. Um, anyway, as far as the design, I think all three of us agree he's like not something that we're super interested in. I have seen people on Twitter say that they really like it. So there are yeah. people out there who are into it, but it's yeah, not not for me. For them. I, uh, yeah, I, I just want to punch this guy in the face. Well, he looks like he's really good at punching people in the face. As far as the gameplay Everything goes, about him. like, well, what do you think about the gameplay? What do you think about what it looks like his options? Whatever, he looks like a KOF character to me. I mean, it, <laughs> to be honest, like the, the way he plays, he looks like he reminds me of who is the boxer that Hell Pockets played? Uh, are the you talking about oh, Nelson, KOF talking 14? About? Nelson. He reminds me of Nelson a little bit. Yeah, the way the way he moves and punches reminds okay. me of Nelson. Even though he's okay. clearly like an MMA fighter, not a boxer. Yeah. The way he moves is I mean, obviously, this is the main thing, but like you notice, he has a fireball and then he has an uppercut, right? Like, he's definitely in pro tag land, basically. Okay. You know what I mean? He's got fireball, uppercut. He even has like a turnaround the fireball and uppercut. He was not a pro tag until what, like this game? Who? Sagat. Oh, yeah, I well, guess that's true. I mean, he's, he's like the antag. Right, but that was the whole thing, right? He was the only other character that had a fireball in Street Fighter 1, which is what made him the boss, and then he got scarred. So in Street Fighter 2, they gave him the uppercut because he wanted to learn a way to challenge what Ryu did to him. It's all part of the lore, right? That's why Sagai has a fireball and uppercut. It's all kind of... Mm-hmm. And, oh, look, like, maybe a spin kick? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, the, I think, the, the I think animation. Just, yeah, go on. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I, just, I think he can be his own thing and not after the hardest or anything to be a pro tag. The hardest, I hope that's true. the hardest thing about him for me so far is that because everything is punchy punch, he kind of makes me feel like 
Tekken and I can't tell the difference between anything that he's doing. You know what I mean? A lot of it looks similar. Yeah, I yeah. do agree with that. Even though there, there are kicks, there are knees, he's doing other stuff, but there's definitely a lot of like punchity punch. Yeah, I do does, agree with did, that. did he do any kicks at all outside yeah, of this after outside of that overhead? He did several kicks. Yes. Uh, I gotta look at this again because I just don't even remember seeing. He did any several kick. kicks. Several kicks. Several. I'm pretty confident in the number. Because does he I'm not have? Okay, not there's confident. one kick. There's another two, kick. Two, three, no, okay, four, yeah. Okay, okay. Five. Got it. Got All right. it. Okay, that several counts. As kicks. Several. several. I think that's fair to say. That's several kicks. But obviously his strength comes from his punches, right? So. So that's probably like a V-scale charge up or something. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, after he does those. Okay, a knee right there. Another kick. Okay, that's no. seven. Doesn't do a lot. <laughs> that, I mean, that obviously is one of the coolest things. That looks like a V-trigger. That actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. As far it's as the, it's just a V-trigger activation, right? It probably is, yeah. The play style for me doesn't look like it's super interesting either. I don't think that I want to play the character. But again, like I've seen other people on Twitter being like, oh, this character looks like it's going to be very interesting to use. So, I, you know, whatever. Different strokes for different folks, but this one's not for me. Uh, anything else you wanted to go back and look through or just uh, I think you think we're good at this point? Yeah, when SF4 was coming out, I do think that they tried to make a push for Abel to be the main character, right? He was supposed to be a protag. But yeah, so wait, yeah, I mean, just, he still is in the story. So people just didn't care, though. So like it yes. just didn't work out. Raz is in the chat says, though the producer has confirmed that this is not Luke from the canceled Capcom All-Star. There's still way too many coincidences. Hairstyle, birthday in November when he comes out, created by X, S and K artist, voice actor is the same as KOF Kyo. Is that all created true? Created by X, S and K artist. See? Definitely KOF character. Dang, right? you nailed it, dude. That's I wild. I my shit. Thank you very much. That's wild. I mean, I said it too, right? I mean, I said he looked like an SNK character, so yeah. yeah James he looks like, I mean, when the thing I said that he reminded me a lot of Shen Wu, you know, who was a yeah, very punchy treated, punch yeah. guy, right? He, he really reminded me of, the, of that. So he might not be canonically the same guy, but it might just be like, yeah, he's pretty much, you know, they just took him and did that, so. Yeah, that's the quick redesign. Hey, before we move on from this segment, can you go to about the middle when they were doing the Fortnite stuff? Oh, you want to see the Fortnite stuff? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hang on. I'll have you know, I'm a card-carrying Fortnite gamer. A Fortnite gamer. Fortnite gamer. Squirt gun and all. This is just for my cat when he's naughty. You have a card-carrying Fortnite gamer in the midst here, folks. Oh, oh did this they is, take it out? This yeah. is edited so that it's not in there, actually. The Fortnite oh, clip wow. isn't in here, so in this oh, YouTube no. clip. Well, so, thank goodness. Oh, no. Well, you guys will just have to imagine how bizarre Guile's face was. I don't know. You probably all have seen it at this point. But yeah, it was weird. It's it was so real weird. weird looking, dude. Oh, oh my God. We're gonna have to have a talk, S Kill. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's it. We're gonna actually... have to have a talk there, Seth. Yeah, uh, Seth Killian works at Epic Games, and uh, I don't know if he has any role in any of that. But, but you uh... know, it doesn't matter. He's gonna need to talk to the guy that knows the guy that's over the guy, the gal, whatever, that yeah. controls the face making of the Street Fight. Oh, come on. Ugh. Why did you do that, James? You didn't have that. to put that on. <laughs> what happened to him? <laughs> He looks like 
uh, someone who's cosplaying as Guile. No, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Con. Mm-hmm. Like, there's it's, some, there's it's somebody not who Guile. Up. It's not him. There's a comedian or, or somebody who shows up in comedy movies who looks like this. And I just now it's going to bug me so much. But he, he Rob really he looks like Rob Riggle. Have you seen it right there? Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle. That's what he looks like. He looks like Rob Riggle. After, you're yeah. right. I just Googled it. You're totally yeah, right. I, I, I knew exactly who you were talking about. Okay. So okay. Like yeah. that shows up. It's yeah, Rob yeah. Riggle. He Rob looks Riggle. like Rob Riggle with a, a, a box of French fries on his dome. Who the Absolutely. heck is Rob Riggle? This guy? Yeah, this yeah. guy. Absolutely, he looks like Rob Riggle with blonde hair. You don't see that? Yeah, come on. You can't There's tell me you don't see that. Face shape, for sure. It's the same face shape, absolutely. For yeah. sure. It's like uh, a slightly upside down rhombus. Yeah, that's... Uh, anyway, it's not great looking, folks. But there you go. So, oh, here you go. Here's Giles emote or something. And that just yeah, looks yeah, so awkward. Pants. I don't know. Like, why does she have weird, weird pants? Why not just change her outfit? She could have cool pants. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, weird I don't know why they gave her weird stealth pants. It's so oh, bizarre looking. This weird body yeah, suit. Yeah. Look weird, at the he crouches down. Like I like it's it's a reference. Okay, cool. He has to crouch down first because it's charge move. Awesome. But I mean, they have trillions of dollars at epic they could have made good animations for sure oh yeah <laughs> i don't know i think it's real listen weird. man why did they pick street fighter 2 why do they keep picking street fighter 2 because so street fighter 2 what what is the know? crossover between street fighter 2 fans and fortnite fans like it can't be big here's the crossover it cannot be here's the crossover when i went to go hang out with my nephew and he was playing fortnite and i was like where's Ryu and Chun-Li. That's the crossover. It's a generational crossover. It's like people and their kids or their, you know, uncle, nephew kind of relationships. It's definitely like generational for sure. I guess. Again, I mean, this is kind of leaning into what Brian F. was talking about on his stream. You know, the fact that uh, why is all this stuff always referencing Street Fighter 2? Like the teaser was a picture of the Street Fighter 2 cabinet with the Super Street right. Fighter 2 character select and stuff, you know. I mean, honestly, it's just one of those things that, again, it's just like Street Fighter 2 is so deeply embedded into our popular culture that people can't yes. escape from it, right? I mean, this is what I mean by when this game came out, Street Fighter 2's popularity was ridiculous, you know what I mean? Or... Like, or all those old ass boomers that played Street Fighter 2 when they were 17 are now 47 and they're making video games and they're like, hey, I'll mm. put my favorite characters in my video game. Dude, that actually That's makes complete too. sense. It's like of- it's like how it's exactly like how Mortal Kombat ends up with every 80s like action <laughs> star and villain. Because <laughs> Ed Boon is just like, I like these characters. That's absolutely how it works out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I haven't talked to anybody at NRS about that, but 100% that's what happens. I definitely <laughs> Dude, let's put what the kids love. Let's get Rambo and original RoboCop and <laughs> yeah, Alien. Like, exactly. And yeah, no, it's just a head uh, game. Like, remember Alien? Like, that's yeah. totally what happens. Mm-hmm. Pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. That's why the Ash theory actually made sense to me because it is in complete keeping with uh, exactly the kind of stuff that Ed Boon... Yeah, yeah. I, I really, really believe Ash was going to be in that game. Uh, All right. Well, oh, wow. there it is for the SF5 Summer Update. Our thoughts, etc. 
Thanks Whoa, for putting it's not time for the mailbag, James. No, 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 no. Sorry. Just doing some fixing. That's all. That's all. Okay. Well, do you guys want to take a quick break then and get our guest into the stream so we can uh, talk about the other fighting game right now, which is Guilty Gear Strive? Um, I'm not sure we can do that yet. Yeah, it's pretty early. On account of he hasn't checked in yet. Yeah, uh, it's also like 20 minutes early. It's a little bit early. So maybe oh, we fun. could just fast forward to number three here and then we'll do number two after that. Or I can swap their position. And now 5-5 five, five Ultra Chen Amazing. is number two. Amazing. <laughs> so let's Genius. do that then. Let's go ahead and do that then. <clears throat> let's hop into this. Number two, 5-5 five, five matchup. Here's the question, everybody. Is the honeymoon period over for Guilty Gear's <laughs> Tribe? As over the weekend, Twitter erupted with people being like, actually, I don't really like Strive. Or just like, I'm not very interested in it. Maybe it's not like this game's terrible. I'm not interested in it. And then other people were like, actually, I do think the game's bad for for real. And then people pushed back and were like, oh, actually, there was just, it just bubbled to the surface over the weekend. I mean, and it didn't just bubble to the surface. It came from one source, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if there was people saying this. I feel like Sonic <laughs> Fox said, I'm not really feeling it right now. And then maybe a handful of people were like, yeah, I agree. And then Twitter exploded. Like Strive was yeah. trending throughout the United That's States up. on Twitter. So that was that was kind of big. I'm sure that Arxis <laughs> saw that. And who knows how they're going to react to it. But yeah, I feel like it was Sonic Fox just said they weren't feeling it right now. They didn't even say they dislike it at first. Right. Yeah. They're just like, I'm not really motivated to play it. I mean, Ooh. the craziest thing about everybody yeah. like took that and ran with it. Everybody responded to his tweet was like, "Right, yeah, I feel the same way." Da, 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 da. And even Sonic Fox afterwards was like, "Man, I was just voicing an opinion on Twitter." Yeah. <laughs> like he was like, even even they were were saying like they weren't trying to like make some sort of grandiose statement, just that they were not playing it at the time, and that's it. It's the kind of stuff that I've heard some other folks say in the past, aren't mm -hmm. big fans of the game, and some some of whom were audible about it, and then others who were just like, I don't think it's for me, and just like kind of haven't really talked about the mm -hmm. game much, mm -hmm. but I know that that sentiment is there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess there's, there's two things to say about this. One is, do you think that part of this is just the influence of really, really high-profile folks in the scene, like Fox? And, and part number two is like, do you think that the honeymoon period is over? I mean, it... it because it, it might be, even if people still like the game. What, what's your take? Uh, my take is people should like what they like and not worry about what anyone has to say. Uh, and that's pretty much all I really have to say about the first part. Like, come on, guys. Play, play the games you like. I mean, I agree. Um, but do you think in reality that there are people who in, are just in, like, oh, In reality, I, I think the people... They would see Sonic Fox or Ultra David or James Chen or anyone say, I'm not that interested in playing this game. They weren't interested to begin with. They they weren't that invested to begin with. They were just playing it because it was a flavor of the month for them and they're going to move on to something else. Fine. That happens to every video game, not even fighting games. That happens to every video game. That's like a big release for that genre. Every Call of Duty, every... <laughs> Counter-Strike, even though there's like two of them. But you know, every every big release, there, there's going to be uh, a huge player base that's going to dwindle down to the people that really actually enjoy the game. 
so that's cool like you guys go do you um so i yeah i don't i don't think on the greater community that anyone saying that they're not playing the game anymore is going to get everyone else to stop playing uh, i think things that stop people from playing the game are more like the developer announces they're not supporting the game anymore or they make it obvious they're not supporting the game anymore like uh, capcom did with mbci things like that are things that help kill games not you know joe schmo 678 saying oh i don't really like the game i don't think it matters as far as the honeymoon being over i remember when dragon ball fighters came out and two months into dragon ball fighters the same fucking discussion happened almost verbatim was i don't think this game has depth i'm kind of getting bored with it there's no sauce i didn't even think it took two months (laughs) i mean well people were saying that Mm-hmm. for Dragon Ball Fighters as well as Strive before the game came out. Right. Then the games came out and people went, "Oh, it's more than just auto combo. Oh, it's more than just whatever." Yeah, that's and true. now they're and now they're back to this game has no depth. We figured it out. And like shut up everyone. Right. Like I'm so, I'm so sick of this like <laughs> shut up and play the damn game. I'm sick of all of this like nonsense of this game is shell. Like just just shut up and play and a year from now you're going to be like, "Oh damn, I was wrong." I mean, from me, from my perspective, I mean, is the honeymoon period over? Yeah, because like Tubo said, this is a honeymoon period for every game. Like every game goes through this, right? Like every single game goes through this. But the fact that, you know, the, the Steam numbers are still pretty strong right now, I think is, yep. is a good sign for it. And plus the other thing too is it really just depends on where you come from, right? So if you're a Street Fighter player, you're coming into this game and you're just like, holy crap, there's so much to do in this game. And if you're coming from the Guilty Gear standpoint, yeah, the game is going to be more limited because it is, right? Like we're not going to mince words about this. Is it the same depth as the previous Guilty Gears? No. But at the same time, does it have its own depth? Is it its own fun? Absolutely, right? So... It's just, it's one of those situations where, you know, people are going to find themselves bored of the game if they, you know, are expecting something. But like I said, a lot of other people coming from the other side of things are, are seeing a lot of fun and excitement from the game. Even as a person who did come from old Guilty Gear, I still really love this game right now. And I, like, I feel like I'm still seeing a lot of really kind of sick tech that people are coming out with that I'm excited for. Like, pe- there was that new thing that someone was doing with um, Zato. Where once you get the positive bonus through a wall break, you get the wall knockdown on the other side. And what they do would do was jump cancel BRC downwards to slow the opponent down so they could unsummon Eddie and then keep poking you. And then Eddie comes back during the slowdown so they could resummon him and just basically lock you down in the corner with jump cancels into BRC because the positive bonus keeps giving you the meter for that while you're attacking and gaining me like i feel like we haven't even scratched the surface yet still of a lot of the brc shenanigans that we can do in this game uh, I, I mean there's like weird body turn stuff going on with gold lewis i don't know if you saw that today but i got found out that gold lewis can do an identical looking overhead or low after a yeah. jump in <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> i don't know man it just feels like every time these these game is figured out conversations come up like more shit gets found that just proves that just just shut up everyone shut up (laughs) up. yeah oh 
sorry, I just wanted to. I just no, no, because David was about to talk. I just wanted to let him speak because he hasn't said anything about this yet. So uh, the only thing that I want to say is, yeah, uh, what Peter says in the chat. You know, I can just hit with you know hit five with soul all day. You know, and that is why I said I think he should have gotten nerfed, right? Because there is that reputation now that soul can just hit this button. It's the only plus far slash in the game. Next closest one is minus four. Like, why does he have one that's... Yeah, why is his... He needs it, James. He needs it. Why does he... It's just like, that's what I'm feeling like. They should have nerfed that move, that move only, and then let the game continue to rock forward and see what would happen. Because right now, it's too much of an easy talking point of people downplaying the game, right? Oh, but who cares? Yeah, Soul can do... I agree. You know, and, and, I, and I'm not calling Peter out, by the way. He's joking, obviously. He's just, you know, joking about it and stuff like that. But there are legit people out there who will use it as a means to put down the game, which is why I think that should have gotten nerfed. Anyways, sorry. Go ahead, David. So I kind of think that that would happen regardless. Maybe it's with Soul right now, but if Soul gets nerfed, then it then the people who have that view and have that to say would just say about something else. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's. Yeah. I don't think you can really like shoo that away. That's just going to be there. So yeah, I mean, I, is the honeymoon period over? Probably. It's because it usually is like a month or two. But as far as the take of like, is the game too simple? I've certainly thought that games have come out and been too simple. But I think in in retrospect and not having thought about it more, the most I could say is really just that I don't see the value in it and other people do. And that's uh, relatively speaking, you know, somebody's more more accustomed to some level of complexity or whatever. Some people like others, whatever different kinds of complexity or lack of complexity. I, I think it's just very subjective. So I don't I'm trying not to say that anymore. As far as Strive goes, I definitely don't think that it's complex. I don't have the experience to compare it with previous gears, but I don't think that that's necessary to say that I think the game's not simple. Like, I don't I don't see there being any need to know what other games are like <laughs> to say that this game is not simple, in my view. Uh, so I, I, I still like it very much. I think, look, there's, there's a significant contingent of people uh, who are in the FGC to the extent of, like, being on Twitter and and maybe following like their favorite person's stream, uh, which you know totally counts as, as being in the scene, but like that's their that's what they're doing. Um, I think that some of those folks are definitely more susceptible to the views of the people who they follow um, for for just not having as much experience in the games themselves. Again, that's totally legit way to like be involved in this stuff. I don't I'm not saying anything against that, but I do think that that can lead to people taking the word of some others as being like more serious and something that they should take more seriously. Uh, so I see that when it comes to the really, really big figures more often. I almost feel bad for Fox that like they have to like keep Dude. in what they want to say or else like oh, maybe they're going to like set off the Twitterverse accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> like a bummer kind of. Part of the gig being the best. Of right. Dude, I, I mean, I responded yeah. to them as well and I was like, dude, I don't even have nearly the influence that you do but gosh there have been times i've said stuff on twitter and it just blows up and becomes the conversation of the week and you know part of me doesn't believe that it was from me but a lot of times it it is it's my fault for stating some crazy opinion about something and like all of a sudden it blows up and i'm like i just wanted to say something on twitter (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I just wanted to say something, not yeah, like I mean, you, you, you have to. You have to know that it's a possibility. Like yesterday, I said that I liked both Street Fighter Five and uh-huh. Guilty Gear Strive in a tweet, and that kind of became the the engagement of you the- had an MK11 in there too, right? So, <laughs> so like I, I, that's that's the nature of it. I could have phrased that tweet better, to right. be clear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, like I get I get the risk of it, you know, to to tweet stuff. It's usually not that big of a deal. But again, neither of us have anything like the reach of Fox. So right. I get I get that that's a bigger issue for them. And I, I kind of seems like a bummer to me in some ways. Unlike uh, me, who is obviously the most famous person on this podcast. You could say does that they'll figure strive and they would play it. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's that's <laughs> happened. I think that is happening. I mean, it's crazy. I've literally had other people who have, you know, larger Twitter following. I've talked to some of these people, and they're like, "Yeah, this is why I just don't say anything crazy on Twitter." It's Dude, just... there, there, there comes a point of Twitter followership where I think it's not a useful platform anymore. Mm. I think, I think you like might be approaching that territory. To be honest, I think where I'm at is like still pr- I can use it pretty reasonably. <laughs> but, uh, there's definitely a point, and it's not too far from where you are, where it's like just don't <sighs> get on there anymore. Or just just don't um, say anything I crazy tweet about eating ass, and I'm good to go. You, I mean, really, like there there are it feels good, man. It does. I'm sure it does. <laughs> anyway, as far as as far as this general topic, yeah, it probably is the case that Strive's honeymoon period is over. I'm actually not mad about that. I think that's cool. Let's just happen. just like just like Tubbo was saying, the people who aren't into the game will move on to something else. That's great. I hope that they find a game that they enjoy, or they go back to a game that they enjoy more. Right, just enjoy yourself. That's cool. Look, yep. I'll tell I would, you this I would right. rather have it like that so that the people who I'm playing with are gonna be people who won't like be mad or upset and right. just like be able to play and have a good time and we'll be able to get tech out, we'll be able to talk about it on Discord and Twitter. And I would rather have that it gets boiled down a little bit. I don't wanna lose a lot of players, right? It's nice having a really right. big popular game. But yeah. like to to not have the people who are gonna be negative about it. Or who aren't actually interested in it? I, I'm not mad about that. I, hope I don't think tournament numbers are going to go down much. No, it's going to be big. Yeah, it's so, going to stay big. Here's the thing, right? If you really do feel like Guilty Gear Strive is a little too simple, and let's say you are kind of new to Guilty Gear, and you're like, I don't get it. Like, I know people love Guilty Gear. This game doesn't feel. Well, I just retweeted that on one of the one of those uh, other like sites that always has deal on games. Guilty Gear Action Core Plus R is available for a dollar and fifty cents. It has wow. great rollback netcode. Download that game, play it online, and see how you feel about it. Because it is a by far more complicated game, and uh, you you that way you could make your own informed opinion, right? You can see what the difference in the kind of Guilty Gear styles are like, and uh, for the most part, I mean, like I said, yeah, one is. Uh, Accent Core plus R is going to be way more wild than you could possibly imagine. Uh, but at the same time, that can be daunting at the same time. So it's like, you know, it's uh, it's it's one or the other. It just really depends on the person. And, you know, play the fighting game you like, man. Form your own opinion. Yep. It's just <laughs> at the end of the day, play the shit you like. And again, fun as long as you both. can play it, you know. Right, right. As long as you could afford it. But, yeah, yeah, netcode, etc. Yeah, yeah, but you know, mainly the thing is just you know, form your own opinion, right? Just enjoy the game, and and I'm not saying you should like Strive. If you don't like Strive, I totally get it. I totally get it. But um, 
like I said, just just uh, form your own opinion. That's all. If you well, don't like Strive, I don't get it, and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as somebody who has seen all sides of gear, our special guest, Ryan Hunter, has been on all sides of gear in the past, as well as many other games. We're going to be talking with him about all that stuff and Strive, but you want to take a short break yes. and we'll get him installed yep. here? All right, let's Installed. do it. Installed. All right, let's do it. All right. Be right back, guys. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. And uh, let's bring on our guest coming up here. And we have with us here, Mr. Ryan Hunter, how? Oh, whoa! You are off oh. to the side. <laughs> that is interesting. Okay, that's not what it looked like on the preview screen. That is. I can, I can just sit like this. This is this is good here. That is not. You got, a, you got a comfy looking couch behind you. Yeah, that's yeah. Tough. I can just get on the couch. That's, Bro, that's, that's what I was saying. I went in Ryan's stream the other day. We got the couch set up right behind our desk. We're the same. That's my that's napping right. couch. I mean, I got a couch right here, to be honest. And I've Dude, yeah, okay, but listen, yeah. but it's not the same direction. Okay? All right, congratulations and also, to both of you. Yeah, God, Dude, trying to take our thing. Napping All couch right. is so important. Oh, my God, especially for old men like me. So Yeah, right behind James's wall there, he has his own napping couch. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think we to talk about napping couches. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, your history in the scene. We're going to be talking about older Guilty Gears. We're going to be talking about the newer Guilty Gear as well. Uh, so I think it's nice to always have kind of an introduction to people by just asking, how did you get into the competitive FGC? When did you start taking it seriously? And sort of what was your arc through it? Sure, sure. So I'll give you the abridged version. Um, I started playing fighting games really like in college. So that was almost 20 years ago at this point. Right. Uh, what, what year? What year? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like 2000 to 2003-ish. Same. All right. So, Maybe yeah, yeah. So um, I just like randomly, my, my roommate loved Street Fighter. And he was like, hey, you want to play, you know, Alpha 3? I didn't even know all the different Street Fighters back then. He just had Alpha 3. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, and I was like, <laughs> jump around house, sweep, jump around house, sweep, you know, throw yep. some fireballs, you know. Classic. And then um, I started, I realized like, because I'm a very competitive person, I was like, oh, uh, maybe I should like play these games. These games are pretty fun. And actually, it's funny because the game that really got me interested, he had, he had all, all these games. He was like a very big like collector, and uh, he was like, "Oh, you want to try this other game? It's called Guilty Gear." Ooh. And uh, it was <laughs> it was XX. It was the original XX. And he was like showing me all the characters. I was like, "These characters are crazy." And I, I the first character, he was like, "Yeah, look at this one." And he's like, "You control two characters at the same time." And I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever." It was it was Eddie. And so I just like doing, you know, Mawaru the buzzsaw over and over. And uh, and yeah, and then I, I got more into it. He had Third Strike. I got really into Third Strike because of him. And um, he was very casual. He didn't really know how to play. But I'm like an addictive kind of, you know, I I went full speed ahead. And, and that was it. That was, <laughs> that was that was it. I wound up, you know, I would come home from, from school. And uh, I was really into CBS2 and Third Strike mainly. And we had a really good scene in Miami. That's how I met Flash Metroid. Uh, came to my house, played CBS2. Um, and yeah, so it just played, you know, from then CBS 2, Third Strike, Guilty Gear, and, and that was it. There's a lot of different ways to be competitive and to get that competitive urge out. Why did you land on fighting games? I mean, surely you like, knew other people who were doing other games. Why, why was this the one? 
I don't know. It's just something about it. It's um, it just felt like very pure. You know, it's it's one versus one. You're in total control of everything. It's just there was something about it. It was the classic comparison that we've always made is chess. I'm right. sure everyone has heard the comparison to to chess, and it just it really did feel like that to me. Where it's it's like a mental game, but being played at a very very fast mm-hmm. pace. So. There, there's a there's an element of planning and preparation and knowledge and all that stuff, but then there's also an execution element, and that was just it just seemed like it had everything basically. So I mean, when you say like for example that you know that you're in control of everything, does that mean that you just you're saying like there's basically no luck in fighting games or? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, no, that's exactly right because one of the other things that I that I do kind of competitively. I, again, I'm very addictive, so anything that I get into, I really go like 100. percent Basically, have you ever tried cocaine? No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, no. You managed to live in Miami all this time. With, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying, man. No, I mean, all, all joking aside, I, I don't do any drugs or anything for yeah. you know that kind of reason. I really just yeah, have uh, no no interest. Fair. So fair enough, yeah. But um, but um, yeah, I play like card games. I play Magic, mm. uh, Magic the Gathering, and I consider that my my hobby away from fighting games because I can't take those games as seriously, even though I do play competitively, but I don't really, I, it's hard for me to take it the same way because at the end of the day, there is always an element of luck, you know? Yeah, and it, and that's sure. really what separates it from me that I, I just can't, I can't get over that. You know, you are in a lot of the control and there is a lot of decision-making, but at the end of the day, you can do everything as best you can and it doesn't matter. Whereas in a fighting game, <laughs> You know, it's you can always do something better. Always, right. always. Okay, so what, when when it came to your like path through the scene, I know you played a bunch of different games. Um, what what were the games that like stood out to you as you were as you were doing that, and in terms of like your favorites, and what what was it about them? Like, what were the things that you really cared about them that made you, them your favorites? You make me pick favorites. Dude, um, I know you have a long list. So. Yeah, I, honestly, every every game I played, it sounds kind of cheesy, but every every game I played, there's something about it that's that's really you know pretty pretty special, pretty unique. Okay, Third Strike has a very special place in my heart. I know that's how I met you. You know, just uh, I don't know what 15 years ago or something. I think we were at like an Orlando tournament, Com Warrior right. tournament. A million years ago, yeah. Yeah, you were, you were the key player. You were the key yeah. player that everyone didn't want to fight because no one knew the key matchup. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, Third Strike has a special place in my heart just because it was one of the first games I really played competitively, went to tournaments and stuff like that. I would say overall, though, my favorite of all time, it actually, I think, is Uni from a couple years ago. I think oh. out of all the games I've played, it is just perfect. I just so love good. You know, every fighting game has has stuff you don't like. Every game has nonsense, and you know there's there's gonna be some stuff you don't like. But for me personally, Uni had the least of that. There was obviously stuff I didn't like, but it had the absolute least. So, and the mechanics in that game are just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, what, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is like, what what is it that you look for in fighting games? Like, what's what are the things that make them stand out to you in in these instances that you're talking about? Um, interaction. I like games with with good, interesting interaction, and that's really what puts Uni a level above yeah. to me, because you can take the same interaction and replay it a hundred times, and it's different every time because of the grid system. Right. So it never, you know, some some games you play them, 
And after a while, you're like, I feel like I've played this round before. You know, I feel like I've been here before. It starts to get a little stale, a little repetitive. Uni, I never felt that. I never felt that once. It's even just playing the same person for hours and hours. It's still interesting. It's still different every time. Especially because like, uh... on the on the def- sorry uh, on the defensive side is so active in uni as well. Exactly right. So it's it's yeah. I, it's still one of to me the best system mechanic games of all time for fighting games is is Unis. Absolutely. Uh, Uni- yeah. I, uh, I, I'm way too smooth brain to understand uni. I walked up to Ryan at Evo 2019 and I was like, all right, man, explain the grid to me. And he broke it down and explained it like I was five. And I just walked away glass eyed. Like I had no idea what he just said. <laughs> you did a great job trying to get my dumb ass to understand it. But man, I, I was just like, nope, I'm not a uni player. I'll stick to whatever the next simple game is. I'll, I'll play that one. Thanks. Are you somebody uni, who... uni is like when you when you start to play it, you can't really focus on the grid system yeah. right away because you're focused on the normal new stuff. How do I play my character? What is the other right. character doing? You know, what are what are my inputs? But then after like a week or two, you start to have your first couple of games where you don't have to think about that stuff anymore, and you can start to pay attention to the grid. You're like, whoa, this is this is this is cool. Or, or because or... you really do make decisions like based on mm-hmm. the grid. Or, or you're like me, and you played Nana Say and Uniel, and you flight canceled everything, so you never won. Great. Yeah, so you never won the cycle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh man, uh, you you've been into so many games that I feel are quite different, right? Like Uniel is quite different from Third. Well, maybe not from Third Strike in some ways, at least. Yeah. Uh, Cross Tekken's different. Marvel's yeah, different. Marvel, yeah. Guilty Gear's different. These are all quite different games. Uh, so do you, do you feel that each of the ones that you've been into have that interaction or are you somebody who looks for, uh, expressiveness in a character or in, in a game? Like what, what are some of the other things that you're looking for that, that sort of yeah, I mean, that, all those choices? Yeah, definitely. I, that's definitely something I look for also, uh, ex- expressiveness expression is, is definitely something I appreciate. I, I always tell people the way I pick my character is I just pick the coolest looking character. Whatever I, I look at all the characters and whichever one looks the coolest when they're winning, that's the character that I'm gonna play. And so, uh, yeah, it's just um, you know high execution and and just fun, you know, fun characters. Um, but yeah, definitely expression. It's not. I wouldn't say I need it, but you know, because I think Third Strike is not as big on like uniqueness or individuality. Um, but I still, you know, love Third Strike. So also CBS two, very similar. So not required, but I appreciate it. Yeah. So did you pick Venom because he looked cool? And how did you react when you found 100%. out he took the college dissertation to learn? <laughs> <laughs> I was all about it. I, I like high execution also, mm-hmm. but the number one thing is just how the character looks. So it's the same with like Yuzu in in, in Yumi. Okay. She looked super cool to me. And then when I found out what her playstyle was, I was like, oh, this is like my ideal playstyle also. So similar with Venom. I, you know, I, I'll play Rushdown. I don't care. I'll play Zoning, Rushdown. I don't, I don't really care. Like I played Dudley in Third Strike and, um, you know, some Rushdown characters in, in CVS too. But I, I would tend towards Zoning and Control and that kind of stuff if I could. So it just kind of worked itself out. Yeah. So in Guilty Gear Strive, though, mm-hmm. there's a character named Nagora Yuki that exists. And you say you like the coolest looking character, yet you pick <laughs> Axel. Explain yourself. I can explain that. <laughs> so, so when the game was first coming out, I was 
50-50 between Axel and, and Zato. And I couldn't decide who I wanted to play. Nago did not look cool to me. He looks cool now, now that I've seen him and I've seen him like get played. But from the early stuff, he, he didn't look that cool to me. What? And uh, so I was like between Axel right, and, so and don't Zato. Trust, and I, don't trust Ryan's <laughs> opinion on the coolness factor. When you say the character looks cool or not, you're not just talking about like how their model looks. You're talking about no, like, no. their play style as well. Yeah, I'm talking oh, about... Okay. I'm not, but I'm not talking about like the play style as far as what they do. I'm talking about how they look visually when they're doing what they do. Like mm. when the character is going off. Okay. okay. How cool do they look? You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, that makes sense. And Nago, you didn't really see that in the trailers. Like you see that now with like these huge combos that use all this blood and he's like going crazy, you know? Sure. But um, I, I would play Nago. Nago's a cool character. But uh, then they showed the time stop super for Axel. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's fair. I'm playing this. Sick. It turns out the super is not very good. And but I'm popping it now. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So um, I, I mean, the, it the, is the, really cool. Like, I can give you that. It, yeah. it, it is cool. Useful. The, the good news is Axel Bomber is very cool. The, the bomber mm -hmm. combos are yeah. really cool. So yeah. I, had, I had something to fall back on. Because I, I would have dropped Axel. If, if the time stop was bad and I thought he was boring, I would have dropped him. But um, that, the bomber stuff is really cool. So uh, so before we talk more about like gear and strive, uh, you I just want to talk more about you. Um, you have kept playing the whole time, but you've also done a lot on commentary. And I'm, I'm curious how that transition happened like how did you get into that and then like why is it a big focus for you so my memory is really bad so the order of events i don't know that i would necessarily <laughs> remember Dude, but basically it was like 2011 ish i started playing street fighter 4 and we had a really really good local scene and so um i talked to a couple of people and we we wanted to this was right in the early days of of streams. You know, Team Spooky had like just started, and it was it was basically just him. Then some of the LA stuff started. Um, I guess it was Level Up, right? With the the yeah. early stuff. Forget about Seb. And, huh? Yes, yeah, Seb. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. He's the and original. So, original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. I mean, that he wasn't really even streaming, right? That was like YouTube. He didn't really even stream, did right. he? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did after a while. But yeah. yeah. Sorry, anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, so I, I talked to a couple of people and we wanted to do something because Spooky was East Coast, you know, Northeast, and then there was West Coast stuff being represented. But down in Florida, we, we didn't really have anything. And we had a really good scene, a big scene with a good local venue. So we got together and we decided we were going to start, you know, like a website and start, you know, basically make like our own little team almost and put out videos and that kind of thing. And um, I wound up getting a capture card, and that led to streaming at the venue. I just bring my laptop and start streaming. And it was my rig, so I was going to basically sit there all night anyway. So I start, started talking. Huh. I started doing commentary. And that just kind of led into, you know, that's how Option Select started. The, the group I'm talking about, if it's not right. obvious, I guess maybe a lot of people in the chat weren't around <laughs> back then. But, yeah, we started Option Select. It was me, uh, probably a lot of players that you wouldn't have heard of if you weren't from back then because they don't really play anymore. Uh, Ish, um, Flash Metroid helped out a little bit. There was a bunch of people that that helped. It was mo ma mainly me and Ish though. Um, and then yeah, I I wound up making the website. I wasn't working at the time, so I had a lot of free time. And I figured, oh, I'll uh, I'll give myself a challenge and I'll build a whole website from scratch. So every line of code I wrote the whole website, nice. made the match video database, everything. 
Um, and then we started making videos and stuff. And that's, that's kind of how that, you know, took off. I mean, you used to do a bunch of educational videos as well. In fact, even on commentary to this day, and even in like a lot of my beginner restreams, I still talk about key moments, which I yeah, always yeah. attribute to you. Every time I say it, I'm like, yeah, key moments, which is a term derived by Ryan Hunter, because uh, it's such an important concept in fighting games. I mean, have you stopped doing a lot of that educational stuff, or is that something that you had thought about going back into? I've always thought about going back to it, but I just don't have as much time nowadays to do, you know, like that video, for example, you know, that was a week of work, yeah. you know, putting together, you know, yeah. finding a good match to exemplify the point, then writing a rough script just so I kind of knew what I wanted to talk about and that kind of thing. And that was that was live. I did that live. So the the really produced videos, those took like weeks, like yeah. the video we did with Tokido. Uh, you know, I, I reached out to Tokido back in, you know, 2012 or something. And, uh, he spoke enough English even back then that we were able to communicate and we went back and we made a script and all, and I shot all the clips and we edited it together and, you know, it's, it was a whole thing. So I, I just don't have right. time, unfortunately. Yep. I'm still, I'm still trying to help, you know, be produce educational content with like the match reviews and stuff like that for plus R, you know, the beginner tournaments that I did in conjunction with. Cool. Um, say jam stream i did commentary um that was really cool i, I i'm i want to do more stuff like that i want to do stuff like that for strive but i don't feel comfortable yet i don't feel like i know enough yet so soon maybe okay uh so yeah let's let's start talking about strive so you're somebody well, who has before this long, we do long... that i just still want to say on the commentary subject sorry again that you still have one of my favorite lines in commentary history which was uh, the what are you standing up for moment with Woshige, of course, you know. But the way that you delivered the line about Woshige, I mean, about Ogawa showing no remorse, like that line over there, the way you delivered it and the word choice, and he just gave him no remorse. Like, I love the way that was delivered, and it's just one of those lines that forever is like, stuck in my head now you know <laughs> it was such i a... mean the, the what are you standing up for you know i'm not the originator we right. have the originator <laughs> here you know i i, I it, it occurred both me and hell pockets realized immediately that we needed to uh throw that in because yeah. that was already such a legendary line and this was like a continuation you know so yeah I actually didn't come up with that line either. I heard Ricky say it. Yeah. And I just yeah, heard Ricky, Ricky yelled yeah, it. Yeah. I was in the crowd for that. Yeah. 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 She actually um, said it. So, but like I said, anyway. it, was, it was, it's the no remorse line that I love it's so very much, good. dude. I yeah. Agree. I love that line. What James then needs to say is, will you sign a stick? <laughs> <laughs> James already knows he can get as many autographs as he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere I want it too, right? So, okay, yeah. Whoa, all right. Moving on, uh, David, you had a question, right? I did. Uh, you, you have all this experience with gear going back to XX uh, 100 years ago, and you've been playing multiple versions of it seriously ever since. Um, how do you approach Strive, which is quite a different game in some ways from those previous ones? Like, what are your views on it, and, and how are you approaching it? I'm honestly trying to treat it as a new game because it is in a lot of ways different. And I think um, it's very easy, even for myself, I, I fell into this where you go in with certain assumptions of how things are going to be or how they should be. I think the word should is extremely dangerous. And, um, you know, you go in with certain preconceptions and you, I always tell people it's harder to 
unlearn bad habits than to learn the right habits from the beginning. So you should always try with a new game to start the right mindset and and really don't don't make any assumptions. Start from ground zero and build up because anything you learn that you realize later, oh, this was the wrong mindset or I shouldn't be doing this or this is the right answer. You now have to unlearn and then relearn. And it's it's like three times harder. Right. I mean, it's different though. I mean, obviously from a Guilty Gear standpoint, because I've always considered Guilty Gear and Tekken to be like the two biggest legacy games. So do you feel like that this is just something that the Guilty Gear community has to understand? Because obviously if you've played MVC 2 to MVC 3 or Third Strike to Street Fighter 4, you're very used to that kind of thing, right? So do you feel like that's kind of one of the reasons why it's made it harder for a lot of Guilty Gear players to kind of accept Strive? Yeah, I think it's just obviously some things do carry over, right? There there are certain system mechanics that are close enough that they function the same and there is a set of skills that's going to transfer over. I just think you have to be very careful with what you take for granted. Again, again, even myself going in, the way I was trying to play defense the first few days and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, th- this game is not for me. I can't play defense and then I had to take a step back and realize, well, you're trying to play defense like it's Exert. You need to play defense like it's Strive. It's a different way of playing defense. It's a different game, you know? So it's just, it's, if if you are coming from an older Guilty Gear game and you want to give Strive a try, I think you really need to free your mind of any old preconceptions and just step into it as a, as a new game and free give, it, give it a try as its own game. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It's not, it's not, there's some things that are similar and there's some things that are, that are not. That that kind of of approach is something I like to try to do as well, and um, sometimes find easier said than done. Yes, right? like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not saying it's easy, especially if you've been playing Guilty Gear for 15 years, 20 years, whatever it is. Yeah, it, it may not be easy. Um, again, I, I have to stress, I did it myself the first several days playing Strive, and I had to take a step back and realize you're, you know. You're not I had, fair to the game. <laughs> I had game several wrong. people tell me, Ryan, that I, I should be learning. When I, when I was saying, oh, I want to play Strive. It looks really fun. I want to play it. I had several people tell me, oh, why aren't you playing you know, Plus R? Why aren't you playing Xrd? Mm-hmm. And I told them because I didn't want to learn habits from those games that look nothing like this new game coming out. <laughs> Do you think I made the right choice? Because I still argue with these people that think that I, I should have played these other games to get more prepared for Shrive. I think I made the right choice by not getting any bad muscle memory or habits from another game. I think it's a wash. I think you would have picked up some things that would have helped you, and I think you would have picked up some things that would have hurt you. So I don't think you necessarily made a bad choice. I just think it's it just depends. You know, If you want to get a handle on IBing and FDing, there's really no other way to do that than play a Guilty Gear game. You know, there, there's, no, there's no substitute for that, really. Um, I can tell you one, one thing that you definitely saved yourself from is I spent the first week of strive trying to throw with the H button. Instead of the D button. <laughs> so that's what you know, yep. 15 years of guilty yeah. will do you. So you definitely sure. saved yourself from that one. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's just a wash, I think. Yeah. So how how do you feel about Strive right now being a kind of Guilty Gear veteran? Because you also played XX before, right? So XX Exert, do you feel like, are you enjoying Strive? Is this a game that you feel like is worth your time to dedicate for? Yeah, I, so far I'm enjoying it. I think um, 
I don't think there's any secret about what the game is. I think the developers have been very upfront from the very beginning about what they wanted the game to be, and I think that's exactly what they delivered. So you either like the game or you don't. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to like the game forever. I don't know. I might get bored of it. I might not. The new characters might come out. There might be a patch. Who who knows? But for right now, uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's fun. Well, when you say that the devs had something in mind, what is it that you would say that they had in mind that you feel like they're they're they've done? Well, they they were very clear upfront that they their goal with this game was to simplify it to make it more accessible for new players. And I think that's a very fair goal, given that even within our community, which is niche, right? We we know about the games. We we know everything about the games. <laughs> right. And within our community, it was a game that had the stigma of, well, it's very complicated and it takes a long time to learn. And it's there's all, you know, there's instant blocking and FDing and there's all these things. Um and so if you imagine from a newer player who's new to the scene or, you know, doesn't really know these games like we do, how do you learn? How, you know, if you, if you want to start playing the game from scratch, how do you even be, begin to begin? So right. I think it's a fair goal. Um, and I think they were very upfront from the very beginning. And I think in a lot of ways they did a really good job. I love this the simplification of dead angles to just being a defensive RC stuff like that, I think is spot on for exactly the, the type of stuff they, they should be doing uh, to make it simpler for new players to understand all the, all the different mechanics. So sure. I don't know if people like have similar experiences. Like, I don't know if you have a similar experience to this, Ryan, but like when guilty gear XX was really, but like around reload period and strive when I was playing it, like at my most hardcore I tried to get all my friends to play the game and they wouldn't play it. Like they were just like, I don't know. I don't want to learn the different bursts. I don't want to learn all the different Roman cancels. I don't want to learn all this game looks way too complicated. So, you know, I, I don't know if you've had that. So for me, when I heard they want to simplify it, it, it made sense to me because I, I get it. Like it's weird. And, and even as it turns out, the game is still complicated in its own way. Right. right? So, yeah, I never really had any experiences like that because I was fortunate enough that down here in South Florida, we always had a great Guilty Gear scene. Um, probably a lot of people know a lot of names from Exerd, um, but all a lot of those names, I would say every one of the names that you probably know from our South Florida scene, with the exception of Hotashi, who did start mostly with Exerd competitively. He had played stuff before, but competitively. Uh, but all the other people, Mystic and Juggernaut and all these South Florida players, Flash Metroid, obviously, um, had been playing. I played Accent Core with them in 2000, what, 7, 2008, something like that. I don't even remember the year, but um, so, yeah, we've, we've always been fortunate enough to, to have a scene. So I didn't really, you know, I had enough people to play with. I wasn't really trying <laughs> to fish people out to, to try to indoctrinate them. I mean, uh, one of the things that a lot of people probably don't know is that, you know, the year that Evo had the the, the, the team tournament for Guilty Gear, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of cursed year, um, Flash got second place at that team yeah. tournament almost single-handedly. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. uh -huh. Well, I mean, Alex G was a beast. Right. Alex G, the best Dizzy a lot of people argued he was the best Dizzy in the world. 
right? Because there was an argument that the Japanese Dizzies were just not <laughs> playing the character to the same way he was, and he was he was an absolute beast. I mean, so I, I don't remember who the third person on that team was. was I it was apologize for that, but it was Marn. <laughs> Oh, it was Marn. <laughs> yeah, Marn. because uh, because uh, the reason why I called that the cursed year because that was when it was the first game on Sunday, and out mm. of the so there was four teams of three players. There's twelve players, eleven players total because the team that won had Yosan on it with the uh, Testament, who was the greatest Testament player at the time. They only needed two people on their team because they were yeah, super yeah. busted. But when the tournament started at ten a.m., I. I think it was three or four of the 11 players were there. And like uh, everybody else was asleep. And Flash had to basically win the first match by himself because Marn did not show up to the ballroom until the second game that they played and he jumped on and lost immediately. And so Flash was doing <laughs> all the work at that top four. So. <laughs> this all sounds sounds about right. It all sounds <laughs> real and, about Marn yeah. right now. And, and, and actually, just, you know, sorry to sidetrack. This is one of those little history things. This is what caused the Evo guys to drop Guilty Gear from Evo. And this is when all the e Guilty Gear fans said, you know what, let's boycott Evo because they're dropping our game. And that's when I talked to a bunch of the e the Guilty Gear community and said, no, do the opposite. Show up and have the best side tournament ever. They did that. Evo noticed and Guilty Gear was back the next year. So all I'm saying is catch more flies with honey than you do. <laughs> Chen saved Guilty Gear. You Dude, heard yeah. first, folks. That's what Dude, I got out of it as well. Honestly? <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> okay, we got it. <laughs> so, so talk to me about what you're what you're doing in in this game. Uh, are you are you taking it seriously? Is your intention to play it in tournaments? Are you just going to be streaming and having fun, or, or what? What are you up to? You know, I honestly, I've been thinking about that myself. I don't know because <laughs> this whole thing with the input lag on PS4. So I, I play on PC, right? And I don't, I don't have. Yeah, I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't have the game on, on PS4. So the prospect of... I, I literally have not played it... Well, that's not true. I played the, the open beta on my PS4 um, because there was no beta on PC. But um, now that I've played PC, I'm very scared to try to go back. And the prospect of that really does not appeal to me. I'm entered at CEO. I'll be at CEO at the end of the year. And I'm I'll enter. I'll play. But I don't know how serious I can really take it. Mm. We'll see what happens. I mean, hmm. Axel, I feel like I can probably do fine. Uh, you know, it's not maybe that much different. Maybe I don't know. I have to. Just I haven't play, even tried just play it so for I don't a week know. on PS4, and you'll you'll adapt. It, it's not that yeah. difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. not that hard. So, but yeah, as far as like streaming and online tournaments and stuff, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, tell everybody where they can watch you do the streaming, etc. cetera. Uh, so my Twitch is Ryan Hunter. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, OS Ryan Hunter. And um, yeah, I stream a few days a week. And uh, I, I do hope to get back pretty soon to doing more uh, targeted beginner stuff, doing replay reviews and match analysis and that kind of thing. Um, but for now... It's mostly just chill streams, playing Axel, <laughs> talking about stuff, answering questions, that kind of thing. So, yeah. if you ever yeah, want, I, I definitely recommend people checking out his stream because he's really a fantastic person when it comes to like 
educating and having knowledge and being able to disseminate it in a really could have just left way. it at he's a really fantastic person i mean that was he's the guy, <laughs> that was yeah. a good sentence I mean, right that's there. true one well. of the hardest things about I, doing, I do recommend it yeah one of the hardest things about doing educational content really is the time sink for it and stuff like that i mean maybe it's time to have this conversation but if you want to team up and try to work on some stuff ryan like we should talk or something like that because yeah we should talk i'm definitely. totally down with that but uh, I do ask everybody this question, where your handle comes from, but I don't think your story is as crazy as... <laughs> name. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, so, so I can give you a, a really short, very quick story about that. Cause, okay. And I don't know if, if uh, David remembers this, but I did have a handle uh, originally back in, the, back in the early days, back in the Third Strike days. So my handle was Hunter SFL. Because I wanted it to just be Hunter, right? But right, yeah. Hunter obviously is taken everywhere. So okay, Hunter <laughs> South Florida, right? And mm -hmm. I entered tournaments under that for years and years and years. And then right when Option Select was starting, I was still entering tournaments as Hunter SFL, and I was starting to get a little bit of notoriety because of Option Select. And I had the moment of clarity, like this might be the last chance I have to change my name, because still, <laughs> like nobody really knows me yet, right? And I was like, do I want to be Hunter SFL for the rest of my life? And I was like, no, I do not. <laughs> so I, I went by I went by Ryan Hunter and and I and I dodged that bullet. So nice. yeah. you were you were thinking about your future decades in that moment. That's incredible to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, made the, I made the quick I made the quick the quick sidestep because work. no, you, you know why? Because because Flash has tried to change his name yeah. so many times. But he's he's flashback. So is Crackfiend. That's just Crackfiend has yeah. also tried to change his name yeah, several it's times. Just, it, once you it reach, just doesn't once work. Once you reach a certain point, that's that's it. You're locked in. So that's true. yeah, you you might be one of the only people here who has actually told that story and then actually came out with choosing your own name. You know, like poor <laughs> Potter from NBC Two. You know, yeah. he's he's tried to get rid of Potter and he can't do it either. So, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ben. Yep. I, I hope you're doing all right. I hope you're doing well in these weird times. But uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Cool. Yeah, cool you guys for having me. me. Yep. All right, buddy. Later, bruv. <laughs> uh, where's my mouse cursor? There it is. Okay. All righty. So there you all go. Right. Ryan Hunter. Again, like David mentioned, probably one of the best teachers. Like I said, you know, the, that whole key moments conversation that he had on one of his educational streams has always been so important to me, especially if you're a Street Fighter V player, because in Street Fighter V, key moments is like everything, right? Like, It's I, just a useful concept in general. And mm -hmm. when I was uh, first drafting, so I've written like this entire of long thing about commentary theory. And, and a big part of it is key moments. And I, it's, it's a concept that I use on commentary as well, not just in games. It's super useful, and I was really glad to find out about it. Uh, very, very useful idea. All right, so thanks to Ryan for coming on. Let's move on to our 5-5 matchup segment where we talk about things that people want us to talk about. You guys send us questions on Twitter and Discord and YouTube, etc. And... Then we put them in a list for you to vote on live <laughs> these days because we Whoa. can't actually send email to Twitch anymore. Uh, so our subs can't get emails from us. Uh, that's the rule. Thanks, As a Twitch. result, you guys get to vote live. However, if you are subscribed, 
you get two votes, so your voice is even weightier. Yeah, so sub already, damn it. Yeah, here we go. Uh, do you have it set up so that they can vote already? Not yet. I'm going to set that up right now. So go All ahead right, and read the James questions. Up, yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah, number one, are we in a new type of dark age of fighting games? Not so much that there's nothing to play. Rather, every new game that comes out <laughs> is being made easier to get into by trying to reach a new audience and the core audience and longtime fans being left behind. Number two, if you could protect one IP from ever being used for a crossover, like in Fortnite, Ready Player One, etc., which one would you protect? Who should never be forced to floss? <laughs> Number three, <laughs> why do you think people use figureheads as an excuse to express their opinion on a game? Do you believe that people really need someone else to validate their opinion? Next one, do you think part of Strive's success is due to its lack of a comeback mechanic? Do you think part of the hate for SF5 comes from the fact that the game's comeback mechanic is so decisive in skipping neutral and forcing RPS or 50-50s for unearned wins? And then the last one, Street Fighter versus Street Fighter. It's a 3v3 game. Who is going on your team? So there you go. There's the questions. Sorry. Do you have I, things set up? Not yet no? because I messed it up. I messed it up. So I was on the wrong side. I went to Streamlabs and I was like, wait, that's not the right one. All right, it's ready now. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, so what you do is you type in exclamation, then whichever number you want to see. So are we in a new dark age of fighting games? If you could protect one IP from ever being used for a crossover, why do you think people use figureheads as an excuse to express their opinion? Do you think Strive's success is due to its lack of comeback mechanic? And Street Fighter versus Street Fighter 3v3 game, who is on your team? Interesting. I see uh, five is jumped out far into the lead at this point in time. <clears throat> That's a surprise to me. I'll be yeah. honest. Mm -hmm. I agree. I kind of thought that that should have been a mailbag question, but I was like, eh, it's fine. I'll just put and it It's in about here. fighting games, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you can see right now, uh, the order is five, four, three, one, two is what the order is right now. <clears throat> I see. Want to call it in like five seconds? Um... <laughs> so we are we good? I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't clear it. by that. Hang on a second. I can't it. call it yet because two of the answers are tied right now. Uh, oh, no. Keep... Okay, okay, okay. I think we're good. It's going to be number five and number four are going to be uh, the questions yeah. here uh, okay. for us. So Not what I expected. Not no, what I expected either. All. There okay. it is. That's the word of the people, and we so, will abide by it. Here's the Truth. question. When they say Street Fighter versus Street Fighter, 3v3, who is on your team? Do they mean players or characters? Characters, dude. We're talking about... Okay, well, okay. That's my reading of it is like we're talking yeah, about a Street Fighter... Versus yeah, Street like Fighter a Capcom game. only Street exactly. Fighter. Exactly. It's, it's a versus game, but it's Street Fighter only. Right. Um, I mean, like, is it, does this include every character from Street Fighter ever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a lot Do of it. characters. It is. I mean, I'm sure you would probably pick, like, Nanase and Sharon 
and uh, you know those those characters. But I don't, don't think... forget about Peter from Street Fighter Five. Yeah, he wasn't officially playable though. <laughs> no, but he's in Street Fighter. Is he not? Is he? All not? right, he's there. I I don't know, man. I I probably pick something boring. Like I would probably play like Blanca Ken Relento. I just I like. I mean, I don't like. What are their assists? I need to see what these characters do, man. I can't. What are their assists? Like I need to know things. I can't even be like, yeah, I'll pick them, and then they have the worst synergy ever. I need to know things. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's right, because you are more of the. Uh, of the uh, 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 you want to pick what's cheap. Right. That's yeah. Kind of I, I, I want. I want. I want to play no neutral. I want to whoever has dominant buttons and good movement. That's who I want to play. <laughs> okay. Generally speaking, Deadpool. Yeah, but that's not a. That's not, not a, a Street Capcom Fighter character, character though. Yeah, that's not a Street Fighter character. Criteria doesn't work. Uh, so my. So I guess I would do Zangief. <sighs> Q should just rest in peace. I don't want him back in the <laughs> game. So not not Q. I would be just. He's, he in, the, he's in that game, and he's top tier. I hope he gets to rest forever. Nope, may the, may he's he there never forever. be bothered again. May he not have to floss. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm going to say Zangief, uh, Honda, and Dawson. Those are my characters, and I I play Zangief on I play Honda on point, and I play Dawson in the back because he's got really good movement and he can Honda play. on point, yo. Heavy hundred hand slap assist. That shit would be ridiculous. That would be good, but I see. I play him on point because he has he has good damage. He's got good mobility on his own. But then I have Zangief Invincible Lariat in order to back him up, and I have Dalsum throwing uh, fireball projectiles as assist. Or alternatively, uh, one of the one of the assists that Dalsum has is a gigantic yoga flame, and that's like a really good burner attack that gets uh, like a bunch Ustaf of hits fire. over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Right. That's that's my team, and I think it's pretty good. I would probably go with uh, Cami Zangief, and then the third character is an interesting one. I, I'm wondering who I would pick for a third character. Like I really enjoyed playing Sodom back in the Lucia. days, Alpha One and Alpha Two. Lucia would be a consideration, but she's so new, right? I don't have any like long term. You know, Lucia would have the worst assist. She would have to be a point character. She probably would have. She would have garbage assist. Her bouncing fireball thing could be pretty good. No, that's like that's like saying Spitfire twice from Raccoon is good. Like, yeah, in theory it's good, but come on, it's definitely gonna be weaker than some other stuff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Cami and Zangief would be the first two for sure. Like, no question that they're on the team. It's really just who would I pick for the third character? Um, like I said, in Alpha, Sodom was one of my mains uh, early on. Uh, it eventually went to like Cody and Mika in Alpha 3. Uh, and then in 2, I played a lot of Honda at first as well. Uh, in 5, it was just Cami or Lucia, CVS 2. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like, I, those two are like. Like, so clearly number one and number two. And it's weird that I have a hard time picking a number three, uh, honestly. All right, just pick Doom. I'm just going to play Doom Missiles or something in the back. Just Doom Missiles? Doom. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Dr. Doom, the Street Fighter character. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you know what? My third character would clearly be Luke. So that's what it would be. It's going to be... It's going to be... <laughs> 
viable. Cammy, I'll allow it. Zangief, and Luke. That's my Luke. team right now. Your boy. Luke. Exactly, exactly. And then every time I get to Luke, I'm just going to not touch the controller and win. Because when you play as Luke, you have to let go, Luke. And that, that will make it work. So he will How just... can you play with this blast shield down, James? Both <laughs> of you. All right. All Both right. of you. So you're playing, what did you say, Blanca? Blanca can Relento or something. I don't know, man. I'm playing I'm playing annoying point character. I'm playing annoying assist character, and I'm playing top-tier comeback character. That's what I'm playing, all right? That's that's it. That's that's my style <laughs> in versus games. So I, I, I couldn't tell you. Like, I would need to see. Because right. I don't like the... It's, I like all like I've, there's never been a Street Fighter character that I've aesthetically hated until Luke. So what? I have like I have that, so many characters that I could pick from. I don't believe that because Remy and Twelve exist, right? So I mean, <laughs> I don't hate them. I don't They're hate them. Super cool. They're I don't hate them. So garbage. Ugh. Remy is so cool. What Remy is guy. the dumbest character. Anyways, um, all right, um, we can move on. Yeah, because yeah. honestly, in Street Fighter Cross Tekken, my first team was Cami Zangief. Like, that was as soon as I was like, yo, I can play Cami Zangief on a team. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Second one turned out to be, do you think part of Strive's success is due to its lack of comeback mechanic? Do you think part of the hate for Street Fighter V comes from the fact that the game's comeback mechanic is so decisive in skipping neutral and forcing RPS or 50-50s for unearned wins? Uh, first of all, I'm just going to say that that's not why people dislike Street Fighter V. It has nothing to do with the comeback mechanic, I don't think, uh, at this point. I think there's a lot of other reasons why people do not enjoy Street Fighter V, but uh, it has nothing to do with the comeback mechanic, even though the comeback mechanic of Street Fighter V is way stronger than the Ultra Combos were in Street Fighter IV. <laughs> I feel like this question sure. is from 2016, or it's like 2017. <laughs> uh, in, in the intervening several years, V-Trigger comebacks are still important, but they happen way less frequently than they used to, both because they've toned down some of that stuff and also because people have just gotten used to defending against some of it. Mm -hmm. It still happens, right? You just watch and it still happens sometimes, but it used to happen like all the time and it's just not like that at this point. So anyway, welcome to the future. Uh, as far as Strive and its success, is it doo-doo not having a comeback mechanic? You said doo-doo. We almost lost it. You're right. Thanks for pointing it out. Mm -hmm. uh, is it is it because of that? I don't think so. I don't know how many people make the choice to play or not play a game based on whether it has a comeback mechanic. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they exist. And I occasionally hear people being like, oh, I wish games didn't have comeback mechanics nowadays. But then I also usually see those people playing the games that do have comeback mechanics. Uh, like <laughs> most, of them, most of them do. Most, of them, most fighting games do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Strive, Strive doesn't have a comeback mechanic that's like called the comeback mechanic. However, you can do like 60% damage with like <laughs> almost everybody. Yep. And some some characters are literally doing 100% damage. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, exactly I feel like it's a little say. bit like not right to say that the game doesn't have a comeback mechanic. Okay, it's not called that, but it's like 
when you can do that much damage and just win on like one or two decisions it's, anyway you don't need to pop b trigger right. you start right. the round with the ability to win on one or two guesses that's yeah. how the game is it's 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 what i've always said right the comeback mechanic is the game i've said that about super turbo hyper fighting yeah. vampire savior you know the damage is just high and i know a lot of people complain about the high damage and strive but coming from games like vampire savior and hyper fighting and stuff like that where if you get hit by a low short by ken you are dead like that was it crouch light kick you die <laughs> like as the first move you get hit by if he's point blank crouching light kick you could be dead and that is just the nature of those games you know so yeah i think that's the nature of stride for sure um and i don't I definitely people think that the damage is too high. Like it probably shouldn't be the case that some of these characters are doing as much as they're doing. And I do expect some of that to get nerfed, but it's clearly like it's the intention of the game for sure Mm -hmm. to also do a lot of damage. It's not going to go down to being you'll win in five hits. If you are getting your combos correctly, it's not going to be like that. The most it'll be is maybe two or three. It's just not going to be much less. uh, If like, again, like correct, good combos that you're doing. I'm fine with that. I think that's fine. But I just I just want to point out that it's like a little disingenuous to be like, oh, this is such a different situation than in SF5 <laughs> where SF5 kind of hides that for some characters behind uh, a mechanic, whereas Strive, you just start like that the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I play May, and if you block one close slash, I can BRC, and now you have to eat a 50-50 that leads to 60%. So if that's not a comeback mechanic, I don't know what a comeback mechanic is. Like, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's that, you know that's that's, that's a the, comeback mechanic to me. That's in in earlier seasons of SF5. That's the like jab activate V trigger then yep. two mix ups. It's the that's right. what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I honestly, uh, the comeback mechanic I don't think is 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 something that people are thinking about anymore. It's so normalized in fighting games that I just don't even think. Like, when Street Fighter Four first came out and introduced the Ultra, it was a big deal. But nowadays, yeah, it it's just not a big deal anymore. It was it's also like, that it was a big deal because people were literally going from the CVS2 machine, where K-Groove existed, to SF4 and being like, can you believe this comeback mechanic? <laughs> I, I, what are we talking about? I learned but... CVS2 after four, I played 4, right? And I picked K-Groove because I was like, oh, this is the Street Fighter 4 groove. <laughs> I, <got it. laughs> I was like, I understand this. I get beat up, then I do damage. Uh, Great. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Uh, anyway, yeah. no, I don't think that this is such a big big part of Strive success. Yeah. I think Strive success is, it's beautiful, amazing looking game. Net code. It's got a lot of, <laughs> it's got fantastic net code. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a good game. I, I think that it's fun to play. It's got, it's got interesting characters and, hey, if you're not into it, that's totally cool too. But I think that, that you can clearly see that like some people are into it for reasons that are like not frivolous. Cool. All right. Shout outs to this question. All right. Let's move on. Uh, King of Fighters. So interestingly enough, uh, they did not release a silhouette right away. They released it a little bit later, and normally they've been releasing their trailers on Wednesday, but they saved it for the China event, uh, a China game expo. Even had an exclusive China trailer for the game over there, and they released, uh, they revealed the newest character, which is uh, Athena Asmia. And, uh, you know, appropriately, China loves King of Fighters. 
China, uh, and then she was originally on the China team. So I think that there was always kind of a, a, a tie there. So she was on the team with yeah. Kenso and, and, and Chin in the original KOF, and they were Team China, even though she's not Chinese, technically. So You should uh, click that link there, James. Is that the, oh, new, yeah. is that the new silhouette? That is the new silhouette? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I saw it. I, I have no idea. And it is clearly Winston from Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me... My guess... To me, it looks like it could be Tzok, which would fulfill all of my uh, hopes. You want to put dreams. it on the thing? Oh, sure. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but that would fulfill all my hopes and dreams if it was indeed Tzok. Uh, this. Let's do this. We'll get it on there. Yeah. All right. So Tzok and King of Dinosaurs are both in the game. I mean, why not? Like, that's, why not? That's have... what James wants. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, right. I'm not saying it's real, but but why not? Why not? <laughs> it's just because they're just the same person. Game. Okay, but also in mirror matches, it's the same person. So why not? Listen, just have it on the, the same lore team? is very important to SNK players. James has told us about this. They can't. That would retcon everything. They can't do that. All right, <laughs> that's not fair wasn't for the there, lore. Isn't there a character that does that anyway? I don't know that much about SNK lore. Isn't isn't um Raiden and Big Bear are the same person as well? Okay, but but also doesn't somebody just wear a mask and like they're one character without the mask and another character with the mask? Yeah, that's, that's real, right? The dinosaur. No, because they both because <laughs> King of Dinosaur and Tzok both have a mask, and he talks oh, yeah, and real. he talks about his heel turn. Oh, Mr. Karate. Mr. Oh, Mr. Karate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This mm-hmm. already exists. Why not have this? What? Who's who's the guy who becomes Mr. Karate? Takuma. My favorite there, character. There it is. My favorite character in all of have, King of Fighters. Why not just have King of Dinosaurs and also Tzok? Why not? Can't argue with you since they've already done it with Takuma and Mr. Karate. There it is. That's, that a, that's a strong argument. Strong argument, indeed. I'm a master of the lore. Anyway, Athena, what do you think about her? She had a trailer. Uh, she looks pretty good. She looks pretty good, but uh, I haven't had a chance to analyze it as much. We haven't done a synchronized stream for her because both myself and Olaf have been sick, uh, so we haven't been able to do the stream for her yet. But uh, she looks cool. I, I'm not sure how different she is now. The thing about Athena is that she has to change outfits every game. Like that's that is part of her lore, and so if she's ever dressed the same between two games. I think people would be kind wait. Of hold on. Why? I don't know. I don't know yet. I'll, I'll find out for you soon why that's a thing. Okay. All right. That is definitely a thing. Uh, but people are saying uh, her visual rework <laughs> is insane. One of the things I will say, though, is that people also showed that even between the very first trailer and then, like, Benny Maro's reveal trailer and then the trailer at this China event... Like the lighting for Benny Maru and like Mai and a bunch of characters have changed a lot between them. So oh. they're still tweaking all the different characters and and frankly, That's I mean, good. I think I'm Athena really looks really that. good. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I mean, part of my issue with how the game looks have been the effects from fireballs and lightning or any special yeah. attacks that have like big bright sparks or fire. Like those have looked the worst. So if they're improving that stuff, that's awesome. Great. Take your time. You delay the game. Make it worth it. Exactly. Totally agree. 
Uh, slight other news for SNK. They actually changed their CEO. Now it's Kenji Matsubara, who was previously with Koei and then CEO of Zynga Japan and then president of Sega Games. So that's a pretty good pedigree to Dang. now have on us. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. On. I'm going to uh, show you a magic trick here. You pick a card and I'll tell you who's on the card. You know. They're all the same. The one from. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. I was going to. <laughs> Swahi's my oh, favorite. They actually got blurred out. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> they're getting right. blurred out. That's hilarious. This is, this all right, is let's move on. My dude. favorite character in all of King of Fighters. All right. Okay. All right. Very good then. This was won by that hardworking character who finally got the big dub. So I want or you to guys guess which part of the long title was written by David and which part was written by me. So or Dawson who had never won a main CPT event. The only person who had won any kind of CPT event was uh, Diddy Mokoff, who won an LCQ. But nobody had ever won like a CPT major premiere or whatever it's called. Until now, with Mr. Crimson. Five years into the game, this poor character is finally good enough to do it, and also Mr. Crimson maybe is one of the best in the world. So shout-outs to him. That was awesome. Luffy got second, Vega Patch got third, which means the top three is Dalsam Mika Fang. <laughs> so just, just in case you were curious about like how well different characters in the game can compete, it's pretty well balanced. <laughs> yeah, pretty, I'd say so. That's pretty impressive. But I mean, here is like, let's talk about this. Do you feel like Mr. Crimson is one of the best players right now in the world and maybe the best player in Europe? What do you think? Well, he just... Yeah, he's, cer he's certainly on the high list for that. Is he better than everybody else in Europe? I mean, he won the uh, Red Bull Europe thing. Right. And now he, now he wins this. So he's definitely one of them. Like, he's one of the top two or three for sure. Mm -hmm. And he might be the best Dawson player in the world right now. It's kind of hard to tell because the Japanese Dawsons, well, nobody gets to travel, I guess, right? But, like, we don't right. we don't get to see them quite as often when it comes to to weekly big events in the same way that we get to see other people in other parts of the world where there are like these big weekly events uh, online. They're not really broadcasting that as much. So it's hard for me to say for sure, but he's definitely one of the best awesomes and one of the best players in the world. I mean, Arturo it's, literally just straight out said he was the best awesome in the world yeah, right now. Yeah, so. he definitely. That's a, a lot of people, a lot of people think that he is. And I think that's a totally reasonable take. And so now here's the question, though. I mean, obviously, like jokes aside, obviously, when Dawson came out this season and he got knocked down when he was floating, everyone thought it was the <laughs> end of Dalsam and everything like that. You know, we've gone from that to the point where Arturo says like Dalsam's cheap. And he's confident at tournaments and stuff like that. Do you feel like Dalsam then is top tier? Do you feel like he might be potentially a top 10 character in Street Fighter V? Top 10 could be. I don't know that I would say he's top tier. I think there's probably some characters above him. But I, yeah, I think the top 10 seems reasonable. Is he top quarter? Sure. I think that's totally plausible. <laughs> uh, he's, he's if you recall, when this season came out and they gave him those nerfs i did say like i'm not ready to say that dalsam is dead i think that the character actually probably still has some juice in him uh so not everybody you were reasonable for sure for sure but man every other dalsam was just nah, like r.i.p dalsam you know uh, some of them were to be fair but others definitely were not also it's the thing I, is with Dawson. Uh, his buffs it, it at no point was it like oh Dawson went from terrible to being 
great. Look at these awesome buffs. It was just like these little buffs that over like four seasons finally System resulted buffs. in a good character. It was just system buffs this season help too. V shift definitely helps a lot. One hundred percent they help. And yeah, it's yeah. it's so it one like of a little his... bit of character things. Then the then the system change equals good character. Yeah, honestly, it's one of the reasons why I feel like I really love what the the, the battle team is doing because they said it. They said V shift as soon as it came out. What did it say in the patch notes? This mechanic is probably too strong for Dalsim, so that's why we nerf the floating and everything like that. And they were right. Like, how it many works. times have we actually seen people make those speculations in patch notes and they're just like, Yun has a hard time getting in, so we made his <laughs> EX lunge punch plus on block. Like, how many times have we seen that kind of stuff? And actually, this one was right. Ah, it's just, it's so satisfying to see, to know that the battle team actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> Just a couple other things I wanted to point out here were stats from Glenn, the game 2K. Here's okay. one tweet. In the 42 regular season events of uh, the streak, since somebody had one from coming from loser's side uh, in top eight, only nine players who started in top eight in losers had gotten to grand finals. Five did it early in the streak. Only one player had done it this year. And then Crimson finally ended that by actually starting top eight in losers and winning... Uh, the whole the whole event so okay. hats off to him that hadn't happened in 42 events Dang. Uh, and then also uh he overcame a 2-1 deficit in both grand final and reset final he's only the third player to pull off two two to zero or one comebacks Dang. in the grand finals um previous two were kazunoko and oil king and those haven't happened in three or four years so, so I mean it was a, it's a really good run People did win coming from loser's bracket, just not starting in loser's bracket in the top 16, right? So, Or is it top 8? Correct. Top in, the, 16, in the top 8. Top 8. Top okay. Eight. Got it. Got it. You got All right. it. You got it. I will take cool. care of that, Forrest. Let's move on then. Wow. David is actually maxed out right now. Okay. Ma maxed out what? He's at 190%. Volume, so I just put him to two hundred right oh. now. So I guess oh, it's too good. To get closer to this yeah, guy? that okay. might actually help. So just put it, put it, put it in your mouth. <laughs> I listen to enough ASMR. Oh no, but not from you. It's weird. <laughs> James SMR. Uh, okay. Um, briefly, I just wanted to talk about an event that happened over the past weekend: the DMC three v three in Killer Instinct. As we move on to topic number eight. Sorry, I was too busy doing ASMR on the screen. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, I just I I didn't have a ton to say about it. I watched some of it and it was fun. And they always have new music that uh, they get made custom for it, and it was cool. Again, it was won by the Money Team, which is Letalis, uh, Chronicle, The Chronicle, and Extreme Zombie. And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was interesting. They actually like partnered with DreamHack, I guess, because it was on DreamHack Fighting Games channel. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Uh, DreamHack had an event over the past weekend as well, DreamHack Beyond. So I thought that was cool. Uh, it was it was fun to watch again. They had a bunch of people watching in there more than than had been watching the last time that they ran one of these events. So I hope that it's getting more traction. If you're at all interested in Killer Instinct, I recommend checking out the archives again on the DreamHack uh, Fighters. Uh, Twitch stream. Lots of really good matches. Informative commentary. They did a great job. 
Awesome. All right. And something cool. else that was just fun, just wanted to briefly highlight here, the Game Newton first to 10, special first to 10s that had vampire savior <laughs> over the past weekend. It was Friday night for us, Saturday day for people in the rest of the world. Did you guys watch any of this? I did. I watched James Chen stream it and commentate it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I, I did too. I because I like the game, but I don't know terribly much about it. It's just fun to watch. It's just the kind of game where you don't even know, need to know that much about it to have fun watching it. So I I watched uh, James. I really tried my best to stay up, but I oh, ended dude. up tapping out. I was like, surprised. Yeah, I didn't watch all of it. I, I watched about half. Yeah, I was surprised you made it as far as you did, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I so. made it to the next day, so that was a <laughs> big moment for me. Um, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. Did you, uh, what do you think, God. James? You're somebody I mean, who knows more about Vampire. Look, there's, uh, the thing about it is, like, people can tell when I'm doing the commentary for it and everything, how much I just love the franchise. Like, I just, mm. I just have such a passion for Vampire Savior, the Darkstalker series, the Vampire series. Because it's just, it's a labor of love. Like, if you want to talk about a fighting game with a labor of love, like, there was no reason that this game was made outside of the fact that these guys wanted to make it and they wanted to make it as cool as dang possible. I mean, it is just absolutely such a great game. And, you know, again, it's also broken as hell, you know, and it's just like, it's fun to watch. And that... Bishamon Lord Raptor fight. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to go watch any of the archives, David, but this, I, haven't, I haven't yet. No. Do the second to the last match between Bishamon and Lord Raptor was like that was the highlight of the event. Like clearly, okay. it, oh, it was so good. Um, I do have uh, the 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 footage of it. It hasn't been uploaded yet. It probably won't get uploaded to the Ultra Chen channel. Uh, okay. We've been trying to focus a little bit more on short shorter form content uh, yeah guys go subscribe to us on youtube and so one of the tricky things is that long form content can actually kind of be detrimental to to youtube algorithms and stuff and so i'll probably upload it eventually to my youtube.com slash jchenzor channel so it'll probably just end up there eventually uh i'll get it up there soon uh i i was planning to do some editing for that either tonight or tomorrow night or something like that sweet looking forward to that but speaking it, of editing real quick i just want to throw that link in the chat casmer is an editing god Go watch that video. Even if you hate Ultra Chen TV, which obviously you don't because you're here, but like just appreciate the editing that Casmer put into that video. Yeah, it's a match that Tubbo had versus uh, Hanzo Ganzo, and the and the match is in there, and it's like a fun to watch match. But the editing is like the real draw. Like seriously, just. it's hilarious. <laughs> Please check it out. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, again, if you want to see why Vampire Savior is just like so beloved to so many people, once I get this out, just follow me on Twitter. I'll let you guys know when it goes out because uh, it's I mean, the matches are fast, like first to 10. Some of them could practically fit in a two minute and 20 second Twitter highlight. I swear, like that's how fast this game goes. And uh, it's just, there's so much personality. And like I said, I sometimes don't even do commentary. I'm just sitting there talking about animations and why I love yeah. this character yeah. and stuff like it was that. Cool. It's just, it was cool to listen to. It's, oh man, what a great, wonderful game. So, anyways, it, when people, you know, assume that Street Fighter is my thing, I always tell people my favorite fighting game franchise ever is Vampire. 
and then probably Guilty Gear, and then maybe Street Fighter. So you know. Yeah, whatever, Street Fighter guy. Yeah, Capcom, exactly. James. Well, I guess we have this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. And we move on to the next one. Okay, this is going to be brief, but you know how we were going to run a sure you can scrimmage? <laughs> we had like announced it that we were going to do that. And we announced the rule set as being that anybody in floor, what do we say, floor seven and below? No, we said floor six, six and below. It was six. Six yeah. and below mm -hmm. can enter. And it was specifically for beginner and lower level players. Well, it turns out that that was probably too restrictive because the tournament didn't end up happening. We had only three <laughs> people who could enter and were there for it. Uh, we had a ton of other people who were who actually did sign up, and then they saw the restriction, and they were like, oh, I'm actually too high-ranked. I can't be in this. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and in talking with other people, they too would have entered, but they did see the restriction and so didn't sign up. So we're not going to have it be as restrictive next time. The next couple weekends are Evo, so we're not going to do it like the next couple weekends, but... Then the weekend after that, we're going to have another Sure You Can scrimmage, and it won't be as restrictive. So please come play at the Guilty Gear with us. Right, and and just as, an, as a warning, too, I, I've also seen some people respond with, uh, well, when my friends heard that you might bring it up to level 8, now they're too intimidated to come and play. Uh it's trust me it's it's it, the, the 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 difference between what you're expecting probably in eight and what you are at in six if you are going to enter at six is not enough for you to you to not play i think it's i think it's still very doable and again it's a great learning experience you'll have us giving advice you'll have the ability to talk to the people if you do fight one of those level eight guys and they beat you you can talk to them and ask them for advice and stuff and you'll make friends that you can match make with and and stuff and that's that's the important part of the show you can scrimmage so yeah it's a very um inten intentionally positive and friendly kind of atmosphere that's really what we're going for and Everybody who likes to play with it, uh, are, they are that that kind of person. So hats off to everybody who has been involved with those in the past. We're going to be doing that um, again in the future. And then as far as upcoming stuff, like I just said, Evo is this weekend. It's this weekend and the next weekend. And brackets are up. You know, if you want to see if you have entered Evo and you want to see who you're going to be playing against in Evo 2021 online, that is available. You can look at that now. Um, so again, the games are Tekken 7, SF5, Guilty Gear Strive, Skullgirls, and MK11. And remember that it's regionalized because we're playing online. So it's not like there's one Street Fighter tournament. There are Street Fighter tournaments like all over the place. Uh, so as a result, it's not, it's not that there's going to be like there has been in the past for Evos. Like Sunday finals day where there's just like the top eights. It can't. It just isn't like that because um, there are these different regions and, and tournaments. So if you look up on their site, which is uh, smash smash evo, you can find the whole streaming schedule. Um, this weekend, like Saturday, August seventh, is for example Skullgirls top eight in Asia. It's MK eleven in um, EU, etc. Et so again, each each region has its own timing. If you want to watch it. Um, I was talking with a couple of buddies about maybe like getting together and watching part of it. Uh, James, you're obviously welcome to join for that. Um, and just, you know, we're going to be commentating part of it, I guess, but yeah. Uh, what the hell? I can't come. That's can't messed come. up, man. No, I'll, that's I'll super call, messed up. I'll call you. Uh, you could, you could like do a FaceTime and we'll just like set the phone down next to us. <laughs> <laughs> Watch all my buds. That would actually be pretty funny. 
Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, I, if that's something that you can do, you know, if that's a safe thing to do where you are, then consider something like that. Yeah, like all I the said, side I tournaments mean, are done at this point, so it's it's the main it's the main games. The last side tournament was today, and it was Dragon Ball. Mm, um, okay. So that's over, and now it's just all the official main Evo stuff. Also, CPT Australia is this weekend as well. So um, that is something to, to watch as well. CPT is continuing forward. Uh, I see you also have listed DBFC show. I'm not sure. Yeah, what there's going to be a DBFC show stream on August 9th. Uh, and that is, they've had these in the past where they just have streams that are like, here's what's going on with Dragon Ball. And they haven't explicitly said what this is going to be about, but they have said in the past, that there is a patch to expect in August. So probably Ooh. they'll talk about the patch, Ooh, I guess. Interesting. That's okay. going to be August 9th, 12 noon Pacific time, 4 a.m. Japan time. You can figure it out for your own local time. So if you are curious about what's going on with Dragon Ball Fighters, you only have a few more days to when you can figure that out. I also forgot to mention as well, put on this note, but uh, uh, Jonio-san is running. Uh, they've been doing a lot of 10v10s. Uh, even uh, Leffen did one just this past weekend, which uh, mm -hmm. Europe actually ended up beating uh, the U.S. East Coast. I think that's kind of where Sonic Fox's tweet came from because, you know, they, they did lose a match and they were like, wow, I didn't even play for two weeks before this, you know, and that's kind of where that came from. But uh, now they are doing, they did a Japan-China one, I think, at one point uh, this last weekend, and now this weekend, they are doing Japan versus Korea, so right. that should be a fun one this weekend. <clears throat> Definitely. Korea has like three Ooh. axles in their top ten, or in their, uh, in their ten. Dude, it's, all about, sure it's all and, about... And, and like three or four maze. And <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah. And one Eno, Daru, who, who basically yeah. destroyed everybody in the last 10v10, so a lot of people are thinking that Daru might be doing a bunch of damage again, so... Cool. All right, there you go for upcoming stuff. All right, well, let's get to the mailbag. All right. I need to come up Mail with a theme song. Bag. Yeah, exactly. I need to come up with a theme song for that. Da, 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 you didn't hear that? Yeah, that, that was, was incredible. Right. Mailbag. There we go. Okay. Yeah, we got perfect. It. Okay, fine. Sounds like a strong bad email. Mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me get the first mailbag question here. So what we're going to see here on here is our first mailbag question of the day is from Stephanie Brownback via Twitter. Best tournament hotel roommate story and worst tournament hotel roommate story. I like this question. It's good. Oh, man. <laughs> i i'm debating on so many things if i should <laughs> tell these stories or not but you they can be anonymous you don't need to say who it was it still might be too revealing <laughs> too spicy. stories yeah like they're they're rough um the worst wasn't a roommate the worst was after one of the ufgt tournaments uh DJ Hoshin had gifted me and a few other people the recipe to X Factor <laughs> and Incredible Hulk and all these other very alcoholic drinks that he had created. Okay, what's so I X was Factor? walking around. 
people know factor is a red substance that is full of alcohol i won't give away the recipe but there's nothing bad in it there's nothing harmful it's juice in alcohol um but I was walking around with a bucket of it <laughs> that I made and charging people five bucks for a cup. So I made the money back that I spent on the, like six bottles of liquor that was in there. Right. <laughs> uh, and if you had a cup, you could get as much as you wanted, much as until the jug was empty. It's all you, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not a bartender. I don't need to take care of you. Well, it turns out I did need to take care of someone. A buddy, a Marvel player came into my room, <laughs> drank way too much X factor, fell asleep on the chair Stood up, said, I'm going to be sick, walked three steps around the corner, face planted in the bathroom, and threw up all over the floor. (laughs) Just all over it. Just, I mean, he was fine. We took care of him. We got him in the bathtub, got some water on him. He woke up. Totally okay. But that wasn't my hotel room. That was on Keats' credit card. So I was just like, holy shit. I need to get this cleaned up. And as far as I know, Adam never got charged. Oh, thank you. That's, that's probably the worst. <laughs> the best roommate story I have is actually rooming with James at Frosty Faustings in 2020. James was like, hey, have you ever seen Ring Fit? I'm going to play some Ring Fit. And <laughs> James right. Chen and his boxers set up Ring Fit and it's just going ham. I'm just sitting there like, yeah, this is this is cool. And uh, we're just, you know, we, we talked, we like talked all night. We looked into each other's eyes, really got to know each other. It was a nice night. I, I was exhausted. I had ran around all day that Friday doing commentary and running brackets for like 16 hours. So I had no energy to like go mingle with people. And James was just up in the room and he played ring fit and we hung out. Yeah, I thought it was a great idea to use as a travel exercising tool, right? Because it's, yeah, it's smart. portable. Makes total sense, yeah. Then we stopped traveling, and so I never touched Ring <laughs> Fit again. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if I have a worst story. I mean, most of them would probably... I mean, almost every event I travel to, I end up rooming with David anyway. So, like, uh, I know he has plenty of worst uh, roommate stories as a result, but, I mean... He's been pretty good most of the time, so uh, I don't know if I have a worse one. I, I was thinking about what my favorite one is. My favorite one was probably uh, one of the very earliest season beatings. Uh, I was there. This was very early on in traveling, and I actually had a – I shared a room with Caraface. So we actually got to, to room together, and, you know, she's really cool. She's really funny and everything like that. But, you know, right. she was she was just dressed in a T-shirt and boxers and whatever, and I'm just sitting there, like, in a T-shirt and in shorts and whatever like that. And someone knocks on the door, and, like, uh, I open the door up, and the guy's like, dude, are you guys playing casuals for Marvel right now or something? Because I'm looking for casuals and stuff like that. And I was like, no. And then he looks behind me and he sees Kara like she's just lying on the bed, right? And then he was like, oh, yo, man, my bad, my bad. And then, like, he walked away. And I looked at Kara and I was like, yeah. Uh, (laughs) She started cracking up, dude. Oh, it was actually kind of funny, dude. And that's how the Jay Chensor and Kara face rumors got. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, oh, man. I actually... I was, I've been trying to think as you guys have been talking. I don't have bad roommate stories when it comes to FGC stuff. I have plenty of bad roommate stories when it comes to like times that my friends and I have traveled to Vegas outside of FGC or Ooh. things that we did living together in college. So plenty of <laughs> bad stuff. Uh, but when it comes to specifically 
at fighting game events. The thing is that I didn't really start to travel for fighting game events until Street Fighter Four, mm -hmm. uh, and really, and really just for commentary. To be honest, uh, I traveled a few times before that, but in those times, nothing weird happened. Totally fine. And then once we started traveling for commentary, yeah, it was mostly with James. And when it wasn't, it was like with somebody else who I was good friends with. So it's always been cool. It hasn't been weird. Um, what about the Evo that I crashed your hotel room and you got me a cot? Yeah, this is what I, it's like what I'm talking about. Like that, I had a I had a single room at Evo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it was a suite even, right? Yeah, you have like yeah. a whole bedroom. Basis. <laughs> Somehow I got a suite. Yeah. I don't remember how it even happened, um, but I did. And and yeah, I let you crash there. And we just we had a good time. Like we had people over and we just like yep. hung out and had some beers and whatever. It was totally fine. Uh, so nothing, nothing weird. Which is, I guess, lucky because I know that for a lot of people, it's maybe they don't have like guaranteed people who they're going to stay with. Who just you wait, with. Bucko. Next tournament we room together. I'm gonna make it weird. Just I'm play gonna some, give you this bad play, story. Just play some <laughs> ring fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'll be shirtless. Um, uh, maybe I'll my, have on. I think my favorite like FGC roommate story is uh, James and I were staying together, and after some event. Mike Ross just wanted to come out and hang out with us. He he he's a guy who in some ways is really outgoing and extroverted. This was in, in this other was ways in, like when where was this? I don't remember where it was. This was Seattle. This was after the first Red Bull like NA finals for CPT. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I was there. That there was you a go. good time. Yeah, yeah. Brock was there. Mm -hmm. Um but we were just going to hang out. We ordered pizza in and Mike was like, that sounds like the best time I've ever had at a fighting game. Of <laughs> like sitting in a room with like two other people and eating pizza quietly while we look at our phones. Dude, like <laughs> literally like, like me and David, literally what we did after the tournament was over, we were just like, Hey, what do you want to do? Let's just order some pizza and go back to our room. And like, Mike was like standing here. He's like, so wait, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're just going to go back to the room, order some pizza and just chill. He's like, that sounds like the greatest idea ever. So we're like, come with us. <laughs> yeah. And so like, yeah, literally I was like sitting on my bed. David was at the desk. Mike is just sitting on the floor, like next to the door. And we weren't talking. And it was like, he we didn't even it. talk to each other. He loved <laughs> yeah, it. Dude. He Look, was like, man, this I'm is not, I'm not accusing Mike of anything here, but I can tell you as someone who was there to work for Red Bull, none of us were sober. Mm -hmm. That was a very legal legal state to buy marijuana, oh, and oh. no one was sober. So I can imagine if Mike had partaken, I don't know it. If he had, sitting quietly and eating pizza while you're stoned is fun. <laughs> that is a... Yeah, that's that's that, definitely a great time. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think he had been partaking at that moment at that time he, he, yet. So he didn't act. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But so. um, that was also a place where they were like giving us free booze too. So things were. Yeah, it was. Man, that was, was a, one of my favorite tournament experiences. It was pretty chill, dude. Honestly, that was. So, yeah. Did, remember they gave us a bunch of clothes too? They're just like here. Have yeah, dude. Red Bull always <laughs> gives you clothes, dude. That dude. was so dope. Yeah, that was that's that cool. was great. Red Bull, hire me again, please. Yeah, no, they were they, coming they back did to Vegas, dude. Sure. Coming back to Vegas. Um, my worst roommate story is uh, is about the time that um one of the roommates where I lived uh didn't do the dishes for probably like three months, and um we and it lasted so long that the uh, mold actually got like installed in the walls, 
and we yeah, were sick for right. the entire last month that we lived there. We had a constant cough. Uh, it was it smelled weird in there. It was just super. Why sick. didn't you it, clean? It got, <laughs> it got, it got I'm a principal, damn it. Yeah, and it got so bad that um, the other that the other roommate and ended up taking all of the dishes and and putting them uh, on the bed of the person who hadn't done all the dishes for three months. Uh, and and man, let me tell you, when I got back to my apartment and saw all these dishes on my bed, I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sounds about David. Yeah, yeah. That was uh I was like nineteen or twenty years old, something like that. So, you had no right to be angry, just so you know. I don't think I was actually angry. I don't think I think I was like, this is inconvenient, but I get it. I understand. <laughs> Alright. We can move on to the next one. Hopefully the people who lived there the next year uh, didn't have mold anymore. Yeah, hopefully you didn't murder them with your mold dishes. But I don't know. Jesus. All right. All right, what do we got next? All right, next question here. We have... I don't live like that anymore, folks. Please, please. That was a a me fella. That's only because you're married. Alex Morales via Twitter asks, if FGC debates could be settled in first attends with everyone universally accepting the outcome, what kind of world would we live in? Would hitboxes be banned? Or bans? Banis? Banis? Brigadinat? Would would Smash be exiled? Would we no longer like Strive because we can't beat Sonic Fox? Uh, we would How live girl in... get pregnant. <laughs> we would live in a world. What? What? Uh, <laughs> David and I are laughing at ten-year-old memes. Oh, yeah. Okay. We would. We would basically live in whatever <laughs> world Sonic Fox wants us to live in. That is the world we would live in, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at their Twitter influence on Strive, apparently we already live in that world. So <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Right. thing. Jesus. You know, all in all, like, there could be a worse person to be in that position, to be honest. 100%. Yeah. yeah 100%. Uh, I, I would rather not live in that world, but, like, if if that's a world that we live in and Fox is the one who's, like, in power, could could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> in the FGC, yeah. Fox is, is super cool. For so. sure. Oof. All I know is that everything would be like the, the 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 presidential suite would be known as the OD office instead of the Oval Office, you know. So. Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's yeah. I, I, anyway, I, I that would live, suck. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to live in that world. No. Yeah. Anything is decided by fighting games. <laughs> yeah, oh just, man. Basically, it is. Um, you know, just rule by whoever has the power, right? Whoever it's like a completely lawless world where it's just might yeah. makes right, uh, which would suck. And so right. hopefully we don't we don't live in that world. But would would hitboxes be banned? I don't know. Is that like a is that a priority? Just of anybody? figure it out. I, it just depends on whether or not Sonic Fox likes hitboxes. That's it. Yeah, that's the answer to the figure question. Figure it out, dude. I just saw something zip behind your head, Tuba. Was that yeah? Miles? I did. But behind my head? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, th- I thought I saw something zip through David's background. Yeah, oh, I thought weird. I saw that as well. 
Oh, maybe and, that is what um, I saw, and I just saw it out of the corner of my eye or something. If I Miles zipped past no my head at this height, I would be afraid for Did myself. Someone clipped that, dude. Yeah, I need evolved. to find out what the heck zipped through the screen. Anyways, um, <clears throat> okay, uh, next question. It's probably just a bug in front of my camera. Uh, Ishun Sengeki via Twitter asks, <laughs> it was David's dishes. Oh no, the ghost, yeah. the ghost of my dishes. Are there any FGC urban myths? If so, do any have some truth to them? Oh, there are a ton of urban myths out there, I think. Uh, and I think a lot of them are probably true. What do you got? Like, you know, Mike Watson, like making DSP cry in an alleyway, I think is probably an early an urban myth. Um, but is real? Wow, what a blow-up. <laughs> what a needless blow-up. Um, Exposed. Way to go, James. Tell us more of these urban myths. There was Come probably on, an yeah. urban myth about uh, uh, actually uh, a well-known commentator, I won't name names, uh, not washing their dishes for three months and uh, having it dumped <laughs> onto their bed after a while. Um, poor, poor Ed. I did not treat him well, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, urban. I mean, could we consider the spirit of still, Marvel? I want to I point out, still a close friend of mine. We're all, <laughs> it's all good. The spirit of Marvel is an urban myth, probably. I mean, it's not even time. a myth. We we, now, we know who he is. He's on Twitter. Yeah, there's uh, camera footage of that. Yeah, he's true. there. Uh, I can't think of any. I mean, like the closest thing I could think of that would be an actual myth we talked about last week, and that would be Tomo. Like that's like the that's like that's like the closest thing I could think of would mm -hmm. be like uh, it would be Tomo like Tomo uh, killing somebody with only light kick and uppercutting every gently crouching roundhouse yeah 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 although I did see all of that stuff in person one of the urban myths was you know people had told me that there was a version of Street Fighter Two where Zangief could SPD Honda at the very start of the round and that was the only 10-0 match. And then it became a search for that version because MAME has all the different versions out there, right? And nobody oh, yeah. could find it. Finally, someone found it that on some really early Famicom version that it worked. And uh, then Gerald actually came in here and was like, it was one of the beta test versions of Street Fighter 2 that it happened on so it was never wow. released and so it never actually had that could be an urban legend cool. I mean although Gerald has said that he's done this you know going to Japan getting second place in the Ken tournament for champion edition you know and basically saying the players out there weren't as good as the players in the US that Tomo was better than all of them that could be a, an urban legend at this point in time, or urban myth or something like that. So yeah, it, it just feels like it's all Tomo related or Tomo era related because because yeah, we have there no just proof. wasn't footage. Yeah, we have right. no proof. Yeah, and I half mean, of Bang the Machine got destroyed in nine eleven. Right, that's well, maybe a bit of an urban myth that people don't know about, right? Yeah, but Bang the, Bang machine, the machine getting destroyed also doesn't have any Tomo footage, right? That just never had any. Well, Tomo no, footage. yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. after that time. But I mean, like another urban legend was uh, part of the a Street Fighter tournament that Capcom ran. Like well, surprise, it's our new Street Fighter pinball game that you guys have to play, and uh, Tomo. <laughs> played that for the first time doesn't really play pinball 
and he like never died like his first life according to Gerald he basically flipped the score like he would never die like that's just the thing that's what people say yeah, about Tomo that's definitely urban legend there's like, no yeah, way you've like, never played pinball and then you're a pinball master and then there's Tomo no is just like a savant basically you know that's where a lot of that comes from and stuff but I'd have to talk to Gerald about that Shang Long on the EGM that's a pretty good one too yeah that's that's a good one yeah what's yeah. that story for people who don't know so EGM did some famous uh, April Fool's jokes and in, uh, basically, and then the second year they did it, they decided to make it so that if you beat the game without like losing a single round, that you would fight Shang Long, and he was a guy. and like seriously, like Akuma almost kind of looks like him, you know, like seriously, it, 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 Akuma almost was like based off of this thing, but you know, it was like they tried so hard to make it obvious that it was a, 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 a an April Fool's. For one, the, 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 the city of the tip, the person who sent the tip was from the city of Fuljigen, comma, H-A. And there's no state that is H-A, right? Like, there's literally, no, so it's Fuljigen, ha! And uh, literally on that same page, on the bottom of this page, was also in this issue, there is an April Fool's prank in here. Let us know what the April Fool's prank is. Send it in and you will be entered in a random drawing for a prize. Like, they tried so hard not to rile any feathers and everyone still got mad because people believed it because of the you pictures know, and stuff. people just failed. I mean, they just had too much uh, belief in that pe <laughs> whether people would be able to suss that kind of stuff out. Yeah. This, this isn't new for fighting game players either. We get any little semblance of a rumor and we run with it even today. Right. Like that's not new for us. And again, so you that, know, that's, that's expected. Leaking Bang the Machine would be a mistake. They spent a lot of money on that. Just leaking it now and just having it just not there. I mean, maybe they can't make anything from it anymore, but it's it would still suck if, if that's exactly what happened. So. But yeah, that's a good. I used to think that in uh, in Chun Li's stage in Third Strike that there was something on the top right of the stage that if you like hit, if you like jumped up enough times and hit it off, that it would make the stage smaller on the right side. Um, that was like a that was like a <laughs> urban legend that was going around in Third Strike circles. In weird, I don't remember where that was. Was it SoCal or NorCal or DC? It was one of those areas that I was living in, and I just. Well, maybe I heard it on SRK even. I really don't recall, but I mean, that was like a rumor that was definitely going around back then. There was an urban legend that if you got smashed into the side of the restaurant and the bowl of ramen fell on your head in Street Fighter V, that it would never fall off and be on your head for the rest of the match. So, yeah. It can do. <laughs> yeah, it can be. No, no, it actually happened. That's when they first demoed it at CPT, that was what happened. So the bowl actually mm -hmm. wouldn't come off their head. So. Uh, well. Uh, yeah, All right. Guile throwing the comb, which turned out to be the magic throw, you know, things like that. Invisible Dalsum in Street Fighter 2, which actually is true, you know, all these things. There's all sorts of craziness going on in these games, so you could probably make a whole book on Street Fighter, on, on fighting game urban legends, to be honest with you. Yeah, most of that stuff is probably from back 
in earlier times when streaming wasn't as constant. Yeah, there was no internet, and we had no YouTube to prove. I things, mean, there was you know? internet, but yeah, it was a different right. time. Because I mean, like, like for example, here's a great example. Okay, this is the difference of how it was back then and how it is now. Right? There was a tournament where Dan, I think it was Dan in Alpha Two, threw a super or something, and then Chun Li blocked it with Kikosho, and I can't remember whose it was. It was either Dan's or Chun Li's Kikosho got stuck on the screen. Like the graphic was just replaced there. And then the other person like died right away and everybody was like, wait, what the heck is happening? What? And then the round went away and we were never able to find out anything about it. Nowadays, it's like as soon as one glitch happens, everyone's in training mode. We know exactly how to reproduce right. it in like two seconds, like this crazy Guilty Gear glitch where we're actually fighting in the two separate planes, which is actually a really funny glitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just didn't have that ability. So, yeah. All right, let's go to the last mailbag question here. All right, this is from Fat Cat via Twitter asking, uh, what? Uh, have you ever done commentary for a game where a player's name is more fun than the actual match? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. yes, 100%. Oh, yeah. uh, UFG P7, Ultra Dave and I were on commentary for a guy named PS Penis. And wow. I don't even remember, I have no idea what the, the game was, I don't remember, but I remember PS Penis. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in years. Yeah, that's right. Here we are. Yeah. BSB I mean, it up. For me and David, it would probably be when Bukake came on to uh, Evo. And totally. the best part about that is it's like people were like, you know, like, oh, you know, how could they have pulled up someone named Bukake off of there and blah, 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 all this stuff like that. Literally, that match was selected for the stream by Matt Dahlgren, who was working for Capcom at the time because yep. we didn't have a pool runner in the morning. And so he was like, shoot. And so he volunteered. And he is the one who actually picked that match. And it, no, David did not intentionally say that Yun you know oh he just like came came in his face or something like that i don't think he said it intentionally david absolutely said that on no, purpose. he did, I did not I mean, I've, I've said i've said that kind of stuff on purpose many times but in that case i did not i say can on purpose. tell he did not say it on purpose because there was no rice smile or anything afterwards after it said it we both looked at each other and we just froze <laughs> like we yep. we felt the freeze you know what i mean like yep. literally we looked at each other we're like Oh, yeah! You can, you can hear on commentary that there's nobody talking for the next like ten seconds. <laughs> life, turn to each other and are like, we were like, like you oh, know, big expressions that I say. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was that was early in the morning. That was uh, eight a.m. pools. Mm -hmm. So it was probably like eight fifteen in the morning in Las Vegas. None of us had gotten good sleep. Matt was probably you know as asleep as any of us. Yeah, he sleep. was definitely very so, tired. I remember. Very tired. So we're all tired there, and and I made a joke without meaning to, and Matt picked this uh, horrible, well, hilarious, but, you know, stream name that he probably shouldn't have or probably didn't think if he had thought about it, probably wouldn't mm. have done it. It's just one of those, you know, weird things that happened at, at mm. Evo. But, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, in, in early Evo pools matches, they are often not great because a billion people show up, and most of the matches in early rounds are, like, you know, best player in the world versus somebody who's just like there to hang out in Las Vegas and okay, I'll right. enter a tournament. Like it's, it is, it's not, it's not great. So some of those times, yeah, the only things I can remember from them are some of the player names. Definitely. Yeah. 
No, there have been some great names. Right now, I can't think of some of the other ones, but there have definitely been some names that I can't stop like joking about and stuff. And you know me with puns, I like making uh, name puns on names anyway. So my favorites are probably still uh, Higgs Bison, which I think is just genius, and it's just a genius name, dude. Come on, and uh, and also Andy Deluvian, whose real name was. Andy Flood, and it was Andy Deluvian. Just this is just genius, like stroke of genius names. So uh, those are the ones that stick with me for sure. Is there actually I, a player named Whoopi Goldburst? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know what? To be honest, and I don't also know. Shaquille Uniel. Shaquille yeah, Uniel is pretty good. Yeah, Shaquille Uniel is a local. Those are some genius ones. I never met or knew anybody who knew Whoopi Goldburst. I don't think, but I assume that that was a real person. <laughs> Maybe it's an FGC myth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's know. a new myth. That's pretty great. It's pretty great. All right. Okay. I mean, none of them, none of them are quite Carpe BM levels, but you know, they're pretty. pretty <laughs> Get it? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Nope. Not gonna give you credit. Come on. Well, I that's think, been the Tuesday show, I guys. I think JC Nile is pretty clever. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> what about what about do what about douche X mocking you? That's come on. <laughs> Douche X mocking you? It's nope. come on, come on. Oh, you got you got to be kidding me. These are some good ones. I give you no credit. These are some good ones. All right, that's it for the Tuesday show. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Birds are playing. Those are good ones, folks. I'm sorry. Those are just good names. I know. <sighs> I know. Douche X mocking you. <laughs> Come out of here. Come on. You gotta say <laughs> You actually ditched. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, I'm gonna go do the dishes. I'll see y'all. <laughs>